two, one. Thank you for coming back, man. Thank you very much. I've been looking oh, forward to this. How long has it been? About a year. Really? About, yeah. I think so. Because it's been a lot of shit that that's happened since I was, I was last year. Yes. Cheers, yeah. man. Thank yeah. you so much. For Seriously. sure. Appreciate you. Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm real thankful too, cause like, you, like, I consider you a friend. You've become a bit of a mentor as well, you know, in the community to me. To me, and I'm just I'm real thankful to have you here, man. Well, you know what? I'm glad you said this, Noah, because <laughs> people don't realize the the conversations that I do have with with people, you know, that's that's not publicized. A lot of people think, oh, he just talks shit, and oh, he just makes fun of you. And you're like, so good at it. Yeah, no, that's the truth. It's not, it's not true, man. Like, if what I've learned is, is if you don't give back, if you don't teach, if you don't give them the stuff that you've learned, then you're not going to know. And then also it's bad on me because you're just throwing you out there and it's like, ah, watch him. Watch him drown. <laughs> Let's let the sharks eat him. I'm not going to be like that, man. No, no, especially if you love it. And you're yeah. good at it, so. Yeah, so. this is this has been a, a trip doing the podcast for the last year or so. Hey, congratulations to you because you. I've seen them. Thank you. You you survived what I call the COVID, the, that whole COVID period. Yeah. Everybody started podcasting because there was nothing else to do. I was one of them. Me and Six and Larry and we're. There's not too many that are still around, man. We we were just talking about this. Me yeah. and Larry was like, man, it sounded good when the world was shut down, but do you really <laughs> want to do it when you still got stuff to do? So, well, it's it, it. I didn't expect it to last as long as it did. I I I, I tell people this like I never went into it thinking, yeah, this is gonna be a thing, and I'm gonna do it all the time, and it's just an idea. Yeah, like it's like, oh, well, this seems to well, people te- seem to like it. Excuse me, people seem to like it. And it looks fun. So I was like, I'll see, let's see if I know 10 people. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, see if I know 10 people and let alone know 10 people that would do this. Yeah. And then after some time of figuring out how to do it, how to get equipment together, how to, you know, all the logistical side of it, I fell in love with it, man. Yeah, man. I see, fell in love with you it. You had way better plan than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Our thing was just sitting around during COVID and, Sipping and talking. Well, I knew. And then we just do it. It's like, let's do it. Well, I just, I knew that I couldn't do it like a, like a Bill Burr type where he just rants for an hour or yeah. two. I couldn't do that. Yeah. yeah because yeah. that's just, hard. That's tough. That, that is just, and, a, just him. Yes. Yeah. That is tough. And then I, I give you and six a lot of props because yeah, you guys have guests on here and there, mm-hmm. but it's just you guys. Yeah. And we then had Larry to, in the, in the background. Yeah. You know, we had to change our format because. You've seen it. We were bringing on a lot of comics, and people were coming on. A and, few of them were okay, though. Yeah, and, but I just didn't like it because I was like, it doesn't show who we are. Mm. And then the people would come on, and it really wouldn't sh- show who they were because they would get in front of those cameras, and the lights would pop on, and it would be like, hey, hey <laughs> what, what's, what's, hi, everyone's out there watching. Nah, we don't want that shit. We want yeah. the real you, you know? Yeah. So it was hard to get people to open up. It still is. So we were like, you know what? Scrap all that shit. We may have guests here and there, but besides that, it's just us. Just us, man. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because I'll do I'll do a podcast and it takes a I like you know better than anybody else. It takes a while for someone to kind of get warmed up to it. You gotta kinda like it's like 
I hate using the analogy because I, nothing I do here is threatening, but like you don't throw a frog into a boiling hot thing of water. Mm-hmm. You slowly turn up the heat. Right, right, right. So you got to make the person comfortable. Got to make it feel like they can open up, like they can talk about things they might not want to in the first place, or like they might not feel comfortable, or they might not think is important or cool, or whatever it is. But sometimes it doesn't work out. And so we'll do it yes. for like maybe an hour and a half, an hour or so. And then when it's done, cameras are off, mics are put away, there's no recording. We'll sit and chat for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, that's the shit I needed. But see, okay. This go- was great. It's a great conversation right now. Not that the last hour wasn't. Yeah. But if we could have like tacked this yeah. on. Yeah. See, okay, this is why. Here's a little trick you should do, even though we don't do it. Tell them to get here earlier than what they're supposed to. Then talk to them, and mm. then you you flip instead of doing it at the end, you flip it, and then they're comfortable. Yeah, because everyone, I believe, since we've been doing it, I want to say three people have actually come on time. What I consider <laughs> on time, and you are one of them. I Nobody tried. else, no. Everybody, to. if you tell them, hey, we start at eight, they'll get there at seven fifty-seven. Yeah, and then you're like. I'm like, damn, how am I going to open this person up? Yeah. But, but you know, our format is super long. We'll do that first mm-hmm. hour, and that's when we take our time to open them up, and then, shit, yeah. it's time for the ratchet hour. We really... I'm proud to announce that the podcast is now officially sponsored by the fine people over at Chop Chili Company. Guys, this is some of the best chili you can get here in the state of New Mexico, and they are online as well as in stores. They can be found at Smith's, Albertson's, Sprouts, John Brooks, and Lowe's Corner Market. They have three amazing flavors that you see here, and they also have frozen green chili that you can get online. Go on over to the website, chopchilico.com, and get yourself some amazing chili today. I got to be honest. I love the running joke (laughs) that Larry is a racist. Yes. I love that running joke so much. I'm never going to stop it. Never. I love it so much. Never. (laughs) You know where that came from, right? No. All right, so I thought it was the lack of a haircut and the beard. No, he he looks the part. If you he looks the part. <laughs> and Larry's great. I love that guy. Larry. He he's helped me out a lot too, equipment wise. Yeah, Larry, he, shout out to Larry. He gave me so much guidance. I'm and glad like, you hit him up. Like a lot of uh, just pointers and insights, and whether it was like two in the afternoon or like I think one time I I didn't th- I was just like you know what I'm up late. He'll probably see this in the morning. And I shot. And this him, is I, when you wanted to go live, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I shot on message like 12 a.m. and he got back to me at 12 in the morning. I was like, what? The yeah. Fuck? Oh, Larry is good, dude. He's plugged into the matrix, good, man. Bro. I don't think he ever sleeps. But <laughs> the whole Larry is a racist came from. We were talking about women who were nagging women, and Larry, you know, at at the beginning of our podcast, Larry wouldn't talk that much. Then we was like, nah, let's. He's like the other person, but you yeah. don't see him. Yeah. And he was, he goes, yeah, women are, na- women are naggers. <laughs> and, I, and so, but he kept talking. He's like, yeah, I hate, I hate when women, women are such naggers. And I said, whoa, whoa, hold the fuck up, Larry. Wait, wait a minute. You've been trying to get that one off. Like, and he, if y'all could have saw his face, if you could have saw his face, you see, you know what Larry looks like. Yeah. Man, he was red as fuck. fuck. He was like, no, no. And so me and Six just dug into his ass just and so we was like you know what we're just gonna lean into it that's that's, that's what it is Larry's the racist <laughs> that's fucking hilarious holy shit i gotta send you that clip because that to me that's the funniest clip we've ever had that's hilarious. for real when okay so how long ago did you guys come up with uh don't don't tell me i want to get it right yeah. it's uh 
Caucasoid, brother, uh-huh. beaner, or other. Okay, so you, that put, like, it, you, you, got, you can leave off the hard R's. <laughs> it's Caucasoid, brother, beaner, or other. And so what that is, I'll tell you what it is, and I'll tell you how we came up with it. <laughs> Dude, you're fucking hilarious. So this, this is what... So what it is is we'll fi- so it started we j- this is we've only been doing this from like it's been this year earlier this I year I feel like that's a, I think like it's a segment this year. a lot of people want to do oh yeah they don't have the balls to do it yeah well we, shit look at the show it's, it's funny it's me uh, Fix is the beaner I'm the brother Larry's <laughs> the the cockazoid yeah and so it started to it's what it is is we'll we'll pick news stories it could be yeah. old or new. We can't say where, we can't say names, we leave out details, and we just tell you the story, and you have to tell us if it's a Caucasoid white person, Caucasoid brother, black person, beaner, uh, Hispanic, or other. And then when you say other, you gotta say what the other is. Like, and then you just don't tell us, you gotta give us your thinking. Yeah. So, and that right there just makes it funny. Yeah. So how we came up with it is, I had a comedy show in Phoenix. I, no, I did Tempe Improv. And we were driving back. Me and Six were driving back. And we always, you know, we talk. And I was like, man, there's just something missing that we don't have that's reoccurring besides the ratchet hour yeah. that we can do. And we were listening to, you remember Rude Jude? Rude Jude, you may be too young. Rude yeah. Jude was on the Jenny Jones show. Was it Jenny Jones? Yeah. He, he was a guest or somebody. He was a heckler. And he was so good at roasting people, she hired him. So he oh, would come shit. back reoccurring. So Rude Jude is now on Sirius XM Radio. Oh, okay. He's on, uh, what's Eminem's? Uh, the Shady 45? Yeah, Shade 45. So every day, Monday through Friday, Shade 45, I want to say at like 2 or 3, Rude Jude comes on. Oh, shit. And I was listening to him, and he did this. He would, tell the, he would do a news story, and you had to tell what race did it. And so I was like, yo, we should do something like that. But I was like, I got to find a name for it. And then that's when I just came up with that name. And the fact you guys have an animation, yeah, yeah. a whole voiceover. <laughs> it's something out of Mad TV, dude. Yeah. Like, that shit is fucking hilarious. The best part, though, is when you t- – when I um, so at first I was only the one, the only one telling the stories. And then Larry and Six was like, man, this shit is hard. You, we got to put you to this, though. And it's not even about us. It's about – people who are watching and listening. I love to see how people think. You can tell them. And I'm like, well, why do you think that? And it's like, it was uh, the one we had the other day. It was a, it was a story about a guy. What the hell did he do? Oh, he, he robbed his own mom's house, robbed his own mom's house. Right. And the story was, he didn't think it was robbery. Or uh, it wasn't burglary because he it was his mom's house yeah. and he did it in the daytime. That was that's what it was. He's like, I thought it had to be nighttime to be considered burglary. <laughs> so everybody was like, Cockazoid, uh, tell me why. Oh, they don't care about their mom. It can't be a brother. Brothers love their moms. Like it was stuff like that yeah. what makes it funny. So yeah, that's funny. yeah. Who did it turn out to be? Do you remember? Yeah, it was a white dude. Yeah. It was Caucasoid. That sounds, that, sounds like a, that sounds like some uneducated white trash. Like. It was Caucasoid. <laughs> and you can't tell what city it's in or nothing yeah. because that, that tips you give, off. Give it away. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> when when you have guests on, and you've had some interesting ones lately, let's say yeah. in the last like six months, you've had yeah, a yeah, few yeah. real interesting ones. Yeah. When you have them on and it turns into a debate. Yeah, I love it. 
I, those are the ones I want. So I watch when I'm watching this. I, there's like a look in your eye where you just want to tear in and you want to just <laughs> rip this shit apart. Like, is that a muscle you've had to develop over time? Where it's like, okay, this there's a time to be professional. Mm-hmm. There's a time to finally dig in because they're just not getting the point. Mm-hmm. Like that because we talked the last time you came on. We talked about not not changing who you are depending on your audience or where you're at, but just handling a conversation. Right. So to extrapolate that, when you're kind of de- like code switching, that's what I call it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So when you're dealing with uh, whether they're argumentative, yeah. they refuse to see your point. Yeah. Like, what's going through your head? <laughs> it's funny that you said I have this look in my eye because my do. sister, my sisters always <laughs> told me this. All right. So I've always been able to communicate. I can talk to anyone. Yeah. I don't give a damn what your background is. You can be from the street. You can go to college. I know how to talk to you. Now, when it comes to the debating thing, this is why I like have these are the these are the guests that I like to have on now, people who don't see eye to eye. Because I always I don't want to talk to somebody who just agrees with me. I want someone I can learn some shit from, and you can learn some shit from me. But now, if I'm passionate about it, I know it. I know A to Z. There's a, if I don't know something about something, I'll tell you I don't know. There's no conversation. I, I'm listening to you. Yeah. But if I know, you you better know, too, if you have a disagreement and you better have your facts straight because I have looked, I've, I've I got receipts. I'll tell you why I think something and it'll make sense. And I, I want someone to do that for me. Yeah. So. Oh man, I, I, I do get a, I do get giddy, man. I love it. Like if, if I'm passionate about something, if I know it and I know. Like you're not doing it right or you're wrong or because I'll, I won't attack you. A lot of people, they get my social media persona mixed up with who I really am. Yeah. That's entertainment. I don't give a damn about that. That's just out there. But in person, I'm, I'm, I'm well, you know, I'm, I'm more well-rounded. I'll, I'll give you a shot and all that. But then it gets to the point where I'm like, I'm pissed off. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then that's when I'll take it there. Yeah. But I know how to do it, though. I know how to do it. it it's It's... I don't know how I'll know how to do it, but I've always known how to do it. Well, I think this is from an outsider looking in. I think because you don't go into it looking to like promote an agenda. You're not looking in to stay biased, to like flat out deceive or lie to somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, people people think people. Okay, I'll, I'll give it like people think, man, Buck put him on there just to embarrass him yeah, or talk shit. No. But that's a part of the sale. Well, the two. I'm a, I'm a I'm a big wrestling fan. If yeah. you don't know, I love I love WWF when I was a kid. Now it's WWE, WCW. I learned a lot from a kid watching that. I know how to sell. Yeah. I know how to be like to have you say, "I gotta tune in. What is this dude gonna do?" Yeah. But then when you get there, you're like, "This isn't what I thought," but it's still entertaining. Yeah. That's what it's about. Well, I was gonna say because the two you had on that were call-ins that. If, again, if you just take, you only look like 30 seconds, a minute of that, you mm-hmm. can say, oh, he just had him on to embarrass him. But if you look at the whole thing, they fell on their own sword. There you go. They fell on their own sword. Yeah. They dug their own grave. Yeah. And so it's interesting that you say the, about the social media, you just you throw it out there. Because that's very clear. You don't give a single shit no. about what you post. If it's like Fuck Facebook no. and shit like that. No. So when you, because again... I meant to say this earlier, yeah. but uh, congratulations on the radio show on Kiss. That's fucking awesome. Thank you, man. Big yeah, congrats this, bro, about that. I'm telling you, it's a lot of shit that's happened yeah. since I've been here. So, 
Did they have a conversation with you about that at all, or did they just not give a shit? No, because they understand what I do and That's who awesome. I am. That's awesome. I'm not going to – there's a difference between my stand-up, yeah. me as a person, as you know me, as, and you've seen this, yeah. podcasting, radio. That's four different things. I know how to do all four, keep them separate, because you have to be a certain way in each of them. And you got little components of them all and everything, but you cannot – I can't go – on FM radio and talk the way that I'm talking now. I can't do that. I can't go on there talking the way that I talk on stage when I'm doing stand-up or I'm hosting. I'm not going to host the way I sound on the radio. Well, her and I were literally just talking about the last time we saw you do the hour long. You talk about the uh, coochie pink booty hole brown shit. Yeah. (laughs) We were just talking about that like 30 minutes ago, dude. (laughs) Oh, speaking of, glad you brought that up. Glad you brought that up. That's coming out soon. Larry's finalizing that. That's gonna. Nice. I'm putting that out as an hour special. Me and him nice. sat down. Um, it came out to be like an hour and like 13, 14 minutes. Nice. We skimmed it down to like an hour and between three and five. Okay. It's tight. Nice. It, and, and I'm my biggest critic. I was cringing because this this was the very first time I sat down and watched my stand up with someone. And that? it was with Larry. <laughs> Larry, if y'all don't know, Larry is a student of comedy. Yes, this guy is. consumes stand up. Yes. he's a he he's a connoisseur. He watches everything. He he and he's got so much footage of me. And so I'm looking like I felt good, but then watching it, I don't like watching myself. Yeah, but watching it with Larry and finding out because he was like, "Bro, you got to sit down with me because this is my first time doing it." Because usually Larry just takes my footage and does what he does with it. He's like, no, I need for you, and you know, he take we take out, a, like you were there, like I, things when you're there, it's different than when you watch it because you're like, oh, there was a little dead air, take that out. Mm. Ah, that wasn't. I don't. Even, I went off the rails here. Take that out. That has nothing to do with or you know what I'm saying. So interesting. That was that was a kind of cool process, but that's coming out really. That'll be out before the end of the month. So okay, I'm interesting about that because so I watch. Like a lot of uh, stand-up specials, like as much as I can, and so I never, really, I kind of always figured, I never really thought of it that way with editing. Yeah, I never, because I always thought they just had like different camera shots, but it's just one single thing. These people have it down to an hour. So fuck no. Okay, I never. So, so what? what never here's how it really that. happens. Here's how it really happens. They usually, back in the day, I want to say up, not even back in the day, maybe a. I'd like to say about six, seven, eight, maybe eight years ago, you would do two locations and you would wear the same clothes. Oh, shit. And you you would do your set both places and then, boom, you would sit down like that. Now, I know the comedians are doing, the big ones, they're doing four. And then they're picking, some, some may just pick one or they'll pick from all four and plug them in. Oh, shit. We didn't do that. As you can see, yeah. Even though Larry wanted me to, I, I don't think I'm on that level yet. Okay. Because I can do the same set, like because I did that on a Wednesday and I came back and did it again Friday. The dry heat, right? And I watched them; they yeah. are not the same at all. Well, and you brought they up. are not. The, they're the same concepts, but they are completely different. Well, you brought it up at Revel, and this is not a slight to dry heat, but I agree. For just and this is. Purely off of what I've heard, third like secondhand, third hand, right? 
you brought up at Revel, where it's like the stuff you're doing there. That Can't delivery, do it over there. Yeah. The delivery, the execution. Yes. Maybe even some of the concepts, they're yeah. not going to hit it dry. Hit they're it. not. They're not. And vice versa. Yeah. I learned that when I first went to dry heat, I was like, okay, because I've only done dry heat a handful of times. And, I, and it was the second time I was there. I was like, ah, I see. Yeah. But I can do it. But I got to pivot. You got that. But that's the versatility that it's you got that you have to have. So how much? Because in film, editing can make and break a, uh, a movie. It yeah. can absolutely just trash it. Mm-hmm. Um, did you when you're edit when you were editing that and going through it with Larry? Did you like see where the editing could really fuck up your your special? As oh, it was coming fuck out? yeah, yeah. Or I could see where shit that I wanted to leave in could fuck it up. Really, that's what it was for me. And it was funny, me and Larry is so in tuned. We what we did was we he came over to my crib, we sat on my couch, he set it up on the TV, and we just watched it. And I'll be like, wait, take that out. And then next thing I know, me and him are saying it at the same time. Yeah, that we're both saying it. And I was like, good. We we're we're at least in tune that way. How long have you guys known each other? I've known Larry. Oh, when I first met Larry, the you know what club was here was popping on a Thursday night was Grams. He was working at Grams, but I didn't know know him until we did the podcast. So me and Six had probably done three or four episodes of the BS show. Larry's homeboy Stu Stewart had watched them, and he he reached out to me, and he was like, "Yo." Me and Larry want to come on and do your the video shit because our shit was trash, bro. It was yeah. Fucking cell phone. Like we had somebody holding the cell phone and <laughs> we had a projector with the big BS I, show I on that. our faces. I bro, saw that. Yeah. With the, with the screen behind us, it was <laughs> yeah. horrible. And that's when that's when me and Larry became real tight because he he was like, "Yo," he says, "I've been following you on social media." Larry did the last when I had um. Oh gosh, Nexus. When I used to do Nexus third Thursdays, Larry hit me to come film one of the last ones there. And he's like, Man, I've been wanting to fuck with you. I've been watching you on social media, da da da. And that's that's and how long ago was it. that? Um The Nexus? Uh just yeah, when he like approached you guys with the podcast. Oh, that was at that Nexus. was that was the pandemic, the very oh, beginning of the shit. pandemic. Yeah. I had known I've heard of and known of Larry, but not know no Larry. Now he's one of shit. Only got I would say two really good friends, yeah. and Larry's one of them. That's because I would have, especially with the way that you guys interact. Like I would have guessed that the three of you've known each other for well over ten years. No, and, and that's just the time we've spent. Yeah, like yeah, that's awesome. The, the, Larry's the guy when he he'll tell you before or after a show if I feel it or not. I'm like, oh, bro, I'm not feeling it. He'll be like, you'll turn it on when the lights come on. When they say your name, you'll you'll be great. Or he's the person when I get off stage. He's the only person. Him and Six are the only person. Well, Six is usually doing business shit. Yeah. But Larry, he's there with the camera. And I'll be like, Larry, what do, what do you think, bro? What? He's like, shit, you killed it. Or he'll tell you, well, you wasn't on. Like, see what I'm saying? That builds a good friend. Them Fuck giving yeah, because I know he's going to tell the truth. Like, actual criticism. Yeah. And knowing that you can – because. Like you were saying, plus he's earlier. a racist. He don't like shit black people do, man. You fucking, <laughs> fuck. 
Whatever, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, because you were, you were saying earlier with your guest uh, selection, mm-hmm. you don't want to have people around you <sighs> interact only with people that just tell you yes. Yeah, that's don't like it. That's not going to get you anywhere. No, and that doesn't, that's not good for uh, entertainment purposes either. No. Fucking sucks. We run around in a circle. Yeah, and you and plus that's why I think our, our show works because we're all from three different backgrounds, three different walks of life. We can go to the same places but see things differently. Yes. Yep. Yes, I agree. That's, yeah. I've thought about that, but I've never like articulated that for myself. Yeah, watching yeah, yeah. you guys, so that makes perfect sense. Because, because we were just talking about that about your show. Um, how yeah, it's obviously you're the entertainment piece. You're the front head of entertainment. You're the right. one on stage. Right. Six is right behind you, getting the entertainment stuff together, like the six actual is, booking six, and producing. Six is the business. Yeah, business the, minded. The brains and yes. all that shit. And then Larry's there putting everything together for everyone to see. Yep. Which is awesome. Yep. So. One thing I've been, I've been meaning to ask you this in person, but What's I've up? bit my tongue so that I can save it for this. Oh, yeah. I yeah. like shit like this. So, well, two things. But where I want to start is, and it's about, you. Could, I guess I could ask about stand-up in general, but specifically to Albuquerque. Yeah. Because there are really, in my opinion... And I've not seen everyone do it, so, okay. I, can, so I can only... You're coming to me as a consumer yeah. of Albuquerque yes. comedy. Yes. There All are right. only like three or four, including yourself, three or four truly great mm-hmm. stand-up comics here. Right. Right. And I feel like everyone else is... Like they're working on it. They're trying to do comedy. They're... They're like you're giving them way more credit like, than I like, do. How do. I'm trying to figure out how to put this right. Yeah, they're like they're. I'll tell you what I think. I think they're just doing it to say they're comedians. Exactly. So thank yeah, you. They're doing they're doing comedy, but they're not comedians. It's, it's a part of it's their social life. So how much how much of them going up or how much of someone going up on stage to do comedy is like if there was a ratio you could put it, how much of it is. The writing and the execution, and then how much of it is the confidence of the delivery? Because I've noticed this, right? Yeah. I've noticed, because in my opinion, the top four are you, Steph, uh, Josh, and Zach. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure that's negotiable. Right, right, right. right. Okay. So, core four is what we've been called. Oh, shit. Okay. The, the core okay. four. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you guys, yeah. in my opinion, are the best around right now. Okay. And everyone else, and I, and I watch where, um, whether it's like maybe Josh or Zach, like they'll go up and they'll have the most stupid premise, but it, mm-hmm. they make it hilarious, right, 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 because of their confidence mm-hmm. and their delivery. And then I'll watch other comedians who aren't at that level of confidence, mm-hmm. and they're doing material like where I sit there as a consumer, and I'm like, okay, I see what you're going for. Like I know what you're trying to say. Okay, so you're a more you're you're a more advanced consumer. For you to even say that, and I think it's because of the interest that you have in comedy. So how much of it is confidence? Ninety out of a hundred, it's ninety percent. Yeah. Okay. Think about the shit that I've said. <laughs> yeah. Think about it. <laughs> Who can you? Okay. Plug someone in my place saying the things that I've said. Do you think it will come off the same way? Not at all. No. Not because at all. You have to be confident and comfortable of what you're doing. Yeah. I think the problem that here's the, uh, what lies as an issue that I see with comedy here is people doing jokes, performing at the same damn places. 
seeing the same damn faces and they're comfortable. And if you do that, damn, you should at least be confident in that space. So what happens when you move to a different space and you, and you don't recognize those faces? Like, you, it's not even, you shouldn't even be worried about who's in the crowd. Yeah. It should just be you versus you. When they say your name, you black out. You just be like, I'm going to say whatever. It's crazy you brought this up, man. We did Jokes and Jams last weekend. You know what our Jokes and Jams is. Yeah. We bring music, music acts, and we bring in big comedians, and we go in the back and revel and have a good time. So there was a... And you guys sell that bitch out, too. Yeah, man. It gets so, packed. Yes. Like, I'll be real. Like, like yeah. It's not a shock to you. Like Jokes and Jams is not really my type of show. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not my genre of music, and yeah. like, I'd be there for like the comedy. and right. you know, It's not my gig. And, it's, and you know what? It's a different type of comedy. But I got to say, that last one you guys did like a few months ago... Oh, with, yeah, and, with Baby Bash. And it and was, I it was saw like the, damn near... Two thousand. I, I saw the footage of that. Yeah, I was, I was like, I know you guys sell this stuff out. I know you pack it out well, mm-hmm. but holy fuck, I did not imagine that big of a crowd showing up. That's that. You know who that's, that's on? That's so, on six. That's so awesome. That's on six. Knowing and that the gave consumer, me, that gave me hope. I yeah. was like, okay, so shit can happen in Albuquerque. It that's, can. That's not just like big, like like outside people coming in to do things. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm glad like, you said like, that. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, that yeah. was yeah. There was big acts that came in, but that was. Born and bred out of here. New Mexico people doing yeah, things. Exactly. Um, so referencing that show, the host was, his name was Grossman. Grossman's out of Houston. He's a comedian, right? Yeah. So we had Concrete. Concrete's on Instagram. He's He's been doing comedy 18 months. Last time I saw Concrete. This is the he, last show. Yeah, this last one. Concrete came through Albuquerque. He, he'll actually be here um, in August at Revel. So he, last time I saw him, he came and they were in like an RV, an old RV, and they were doing like a little RV tour, but he wasn't a comedian yet. He was just doing skits, like IG skits. So now he's flipped it to where he's on stage. So we had him, then you have Alfred Robles, who is hilarious. I've heard great things about him. Man, this guy, I I was a fan before we even booked him. You know, I, I, I actually kind of fanboyed out. Yeah. When I met him, I was like, hey, man, like, I follow you on IG. And he was like, okay, I'm going to follow you back. I was like, for real? I said, like, let's get a picture. And I was like, damn. Like, That's look cool. him up, Alfred Ro- uh, Robles, R O B L E S. Hilarious. Then Grossman. Grossman, I had, I had heard of him and I'd seen him, but I didn't know. I'm talking to him. He's been in the game 26 years. So for someone like him and Alfred to meet you when you get off stage and be like, bro, how long you been do-? like to give you not to give you pointers, but to give you props. Yeah. It lets you know you're on the you're you're on the right path, man. And and we have the talent here. It's not just us four. Don't get that twisted, you know. It's it's more people that are here that are talented, but there's different levels. But you have to understand you have to not be complacent where you're at or or who you perform in front of. Like, I got to give props to A.J. Matthews. He's AJ, AJ went. That was his first jokes and jams. And I could tell he was nervous as fuck. He was shaking like a leaf. I tried to leave him by himself. I didn't fuck with him. Usually, I'd be like, you scared, ain't you? you know? I didn't fuck with him. I'm like, boy, don't go out there and fuck it up now. Like, I didn't do that. Because usually, I fuck with people like that. How big was the crowd this last time? Uh, it wasn't as big as the last one. I want to say maybe 400. 
Okay. Four to five, because we cut it off in half. Oh, okay. Because we had issues. One of the one of the groups, shy '90s R&B group, their main singer had a heart attack, like Wednesday, and oh. the show was Saturday. So oh, we was shit. on like, should we scrap this or not? But anyway, AJ, he went up there. You could tell he was nervous as fuck. That's, that's probably, that's probably the most people he's ever performed stand up. Not hosting. I know he hosted for someone who came to Kiva. But he 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 was doing it. and I was watching him and he was his stage presence you can tell. Maybe people who don't do this can't tell, but we can tell. And and Grossman pulled him to the side. He was telling him, Hey man, you don't wanna do the ums and uhs or hey, this is crazy. Like he said, You wanna you wanna be confident. That's the first thing he told him. So yes, it's ninety percent confidence, ten percent all that other shit. That's yeah. for real. That's that's it. It sounds easy, but that's really what it is. And what it seems to me is the best way you become confident is you're on stage often doing your own material and then re like privately rehearsing and really being like, because I feel like. I don't know, bro. Like, like for me, what you're saying would never work for me. Really? <laughs> Fuck no. So what? Is for me, it's I, like, I'm like, I know I'm going to kill these motherfuckers. Like I have my bag, I have my stuff that I wrote. Have you always felt like that? Like yeah, even in the beginning yeah. of your comedy career? Yeah, yes. So that's yes. Just, is that because like a that's, natural confidence you've always had? Yes, and then that's the comedy that I grew up watching. Yeah, I grew up watching that type of shit. Yeah. So I was like, if I'm gonna do it, I gotta do it like that. And then you have people. Well, I've said it before. You know, you got the people who are coming to see you fail, and I'm like, you're gonna prove everyone right or wrong. Yeah. And so it's just like I'm finna like I get anxious. Like I get like like during the jokes and jams, I cannot stand waiting. I hate them. I hate going to these comedy clubs. And you gotta sit and like luckily you're not the first person. So it, you know how it is. If you're good, they're not gonna put you first. So you gotta sit there and wait and you be like, oh man, this shit's trash. Like you're you're not talking shit about the person. You're like, nah, this shit's trash, man. Let wait till I get my shit out there. Yeah. That's just how we talk. That's how we think. A lot of people won't tell you that. Yeah. You'll see. Yeah. You'll see. Well, I mean, I get it. You'll see. You know what I mean? I get it. And I that's get why it. I don't like going to comedy shows that I'm not a part of. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm like the little girl on fucking Double Dutch. I'm like, God, just call me in, man. Just let me do it. I want to do this. This is cool, but it ain't me. Like, that's you funny. know what I'm saying? It's, it's the most centric shit you can do, bro. But then also, does that not... Because I going to open mics and watching, going to comedy shows, watching, that has only made me want to go back and write better. Not that I'm writing well anyway, but just I go back and I want to write my stuff better, tighten my stuff up better. Be real, just, Noah. You go, to, you go to open mics out here and you be like, this shit is trash. I can do this. Some, oh, some of it, yeah. <laughs> can, what are they well, doing? Come on, bro. What are y'all doing, yeah, bro? No, so what's oh giving me, what, what gave me the confidence to do it in the first place. Yeah. Was or like not the confidence, but like the inkling to do it in the first place was a yeah. mixture of seeing open mics in person, yeah, and watching Kill Tony religiously, yes, every Monday, yes, and watching that and being like, okay, even if I'm that bad, yeah. even if yeah. I'm that bad, which yeah. is well within the realm of possibilities, mm -hmm. at least I won't be bombing in front of 300 people, mm -hmm. at least I won't be bombing at Joe Rogan's club. Right, right, right. Maybe. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It'll be in front of like 20 people. Yeah. And then I'll feel shitty. That's for a lot of people for, like, for an open mic. For like 15 minutes and I'll go <laughs> 20, away. 20 people at an open mic yeah. is an auditorium full of people. Well, <laughs> well, you know what, man? The first, not again, not to 
you know talk your shit but when you guys started doing that open mic by mm-hmm. the end of it you guys had about 20 people and i gotta give all the praises to a marie on that like i was i was had, busy out there i didn't get to people. see you i didn't get to see you. i'm still mad i'm i'm hoping i can i don't want to tell you this i'm gonna slide on your ass tomorrow <laughs> if i can if <laughs> yeah, i if i can because i gotta go out of town but if i get back in time but yeah man it's just the open mics you know that's not my deal here if yeah. I, I always say it, if I lived in a bigger city, I would do it. I, I'm just very personable and private about the shit I want you guys to hear me say. Like, I want you to hear it in real time. I don't want yeah. you to hear me working on the shit. Yeah, okay. See what I'm saying? Well, because there's, I forget, oh, fuck. Is it, it's not, is it like Wise Guys or something? There's a comedy club in Seattle mm-hmm. that I've heard about. Wise Guys, it's got to be. Is it yeah. Wise Guys mm-hmm. where like... You show up as a consumer. You show up. You pay like 25, 50 bucks for a ticket. You don't know who's going to show up. You don't know who's being mm-hmm. there. And that's where a lot of big comics go through to through. work. They work on their new material yeah. there. I think Chappelle's come through there a few times. Chappelle, Kevin yeah. Hart, Rogan's mm-hmm. gone through there. Uh, Sam Morrill's gone through Bill Burr, mm-hmm. all of them. So I I get it. Mm-hmm. That, that makes a lot of sense. Like here, I just don't want to oversaturate people being able to see me. So it how, sounds it sounds bad, but it's it's good I, because no, it. you gotta make it a fucking event. If you're good, you don't want to be somewhere and be like, ah, I can catch him next time. I just saw him there. Like I don't want to be just stretching myself thin here. I, anywhere else, hey, they don't know me like that. I, fuck it, put me on every night. Well, that's and that takes again to tie it back to what we were just talking about. That's a lot of confidence in yourself mm-hmm. to know you're that good. Yeah. Yeah, that it should be like an event. It should so, be. Because outside of that open mic, and I'm obviously I'm happy to do it, but yeah. every time I've had to see you live, I've paid. I want you to pay, goddammit. Now you're time. talking my now you're every, talking every, my language. Every time Thank I've you. seen you. And again, like yeah. that's and, and I want you to know it's worth your money. Yeah. It's not, ah oh, man, he's gonna be doing the same old Well, and again, uh, not to be an asshole, but like that's shit. that's why I only see like if it's a paid show, I only see a few comics here. Because yeah. even if I've gotta sit because I give I said this the last time I had you on, like I give all the respect in the world to people who go out and try it. Seriously, oh yeah, because because fuck, like now, granted, hard. for me it's hard. That one time I did it, for me it was the worst part about it was waiting, for sure. Mm-hmm. The worst part was like sitting there. I was like, can we just get this over with? For yeah, yeah, fuck's yeah. sake. But then again, I I give all the respect to more people for trying to do that. But when I go to a paid show to see the headliner, um, you want to be I, fucking entertained, well, man. I, well, see, I go th- I go into it knowing. That the first couple, if not all of them, <laughs> except for the headliner, are not going to be great. And see, that's bad. That is fucking horrible. I've trained you myself should, to think that here, man. I've had you to. You should not spend money. This is why I tell people who book these shows, who are producers, whatever the fuck they call themselves. If the show's not good from host till headliner, it's not a good show. You should not make people wait yeah. to go through trash to get to the... To the good stuff because by then some people may leave. They're like, man, if they're trash, what am I waiting for? Like, and that's when other people need to step their game up. How that's you, what that is. How do you feel about people who steal jokes? Fuck that. Fuck that. Like, all right, look. You're gonna have a concept like someone. Inevitable, especially with social media. Especially if you want to stay in the moment. Stories hit. Everybody's seen it. Submarine. 
you, submarine, Great all job. that shit. You're gonna have the premise, but you gotta be like, I gotta make it my own. But stealing, just straight up watching somebody's shit and taking it and saying it, nah, I ain't with that. Nope. Fuck no. Now, now, it some people should be would be like, oh, you should be flattered. They, fuck no. That's my baby. Who the it's, fuck said that? People who don't know shit about comedy. Consumers of comedy. Some people like, you should be flattered that they, uh, uh, fuck that. Nah. But it's, and the thing is, this is why you have to study comedy. I've done it a few times. I'm like, oh, I thought of this. Get on social media. Up. Oh, can't say that because they're going to say I stole it. Yeah. So. I had, I had that this past week watching Kill Tony. Mm-hmm. And, uh. I don't know if you've seen the latest episode, but it's I mean, mm. it's fucking hilarious. But not yet. Uh, David Lucas has a bit oh, about fuck. oh David. Let's, he, let's he's so good. David, you <laughs> know what's so fucking funny about David Lucas? I've seen the evolution of this guy. Fan, he was Same. on All Deaf Digital when they were doing Roast Me. When they first started the Roast Me, David Lucas would be in the classroom and he was not good. I would be like, get him the fuck out of here. I can man, let me get his spot. Like. That's why I'm watching it. Yeah. Now you see him on Kill Tony. He's a master. Oh. You know what I love? You know oh. what is, is the guests that go on the show and know what's about to happen. So they get <laughs> so they get their mics and they just put them down and they sit back like this. Because they don't want anything. Because it's coming. He had a bit about gaslighting. Mm-hmm. And he took it again, talking about same concept, different execution. Outside of the like the first sentence or two. He took a different direction that I had in mind, and admittedly, right. his was better. But I heard that. I was like, man, if I keep doing that, what is the off chance that someone in the crowd has seen this extremely popular podcast? Maybe not Friday night. Maybe not in two weeks, mm-hmm. but a month from now. Yeah. And I'm like, I... Everything's getting recorded. That's I'm why not... you have to... And, and also, I don't sit well with that. Like, let me, knowing that, no, let, you know... Let me tell you. Let me tell you who is the comedy bank and can go in the archives on your ass and be like, they stole that. And it was from Sam Kennison, 1983, Seattle, Washington. Larry. Yeah. Larry's come to me and be like, he's come to me while the people were performing. I've texted you in real time while <laughs> yes, people are fucking yes. performing. Stolen. Stolen. Everything it's like, from Nikki Glaser yeah. to Brad Williams mm-hmm. to Joe Think, Rogan. Thinking motherfuckers won't know. And yeah. I, well, I'm just like, because again, it I, I, I and I've told you this before, where it's like when it comes to just like not being entertaining, I feel bad criticizing. But when it comes to stolen stuff, yeah, 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 that's where I kind of don't really care. No, see, you shouldn't criticism. feel bad for either. You just sat here and told me you spend money to go see comedy shows. Boom, you're an expert. That makes you an expert. I don't know. That makes you an expert consumer, consumer. not an expert comedian. Yeah, I see comedian. Yeah, because you're willing to go out and... Yeah, Just okay. like you can go watch Justice League and be like, this movie was trash. Tell me why. And you tell me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. You're gonna, I'm going to listen to you. Yeah. You can do the same thing with comedy. If you pay for it and you went to go see it and someone be like, yo, no, what, ha- what about the comedy show? Oh, bruh. Who? What? When? Where? And they, they want to know and you give them the rundown. Then they're going to say, yeah, I've seen this person, too. And they was just as fucking trash. Did he tell you this joke? And then you start comparing notes. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, so if you pay 
you are a a, a very professional uh, consumer, <laughs> and you've earned the right to talk your shit. That's in anything. Yeah. That's in anything. No, that makes sense. I just stealing is bullshit. Yeah, you gotta do your research. Yeah, it's interesting how people do that, continuously do it, and I'm like, because I don't, I try not to be a cynic about it, but mm-hmm. it's like, okay, either this person is an extremely charming business person <laughs> where they can simultaneously it's like, man he's got the same thought process and pen as bill burr that motherfucker's a genius what is he doing in albuquerque right no. it's like well they can stop like, where they can steal jokes and keep getting booked so they're mm-hmm. great at business good job or is the album is the albuquerque comedy scene hurting that bad where they're going to keep booking people who do this habitually now i think okay I, you know what i think it is i think the consumer is not up on what comedy is just yet. We don't have a comedy crowd who's well-versed in comedy. You still remember, we're doing shit in bars. We're doing shit at breweries. Yeah, You got people who are well-versed in drinking. They don't give a <laughs> fuck about a comedy. So if they if they hear some shit, like, oh, that's funny. But then to the trained ear, you're like, man, you, bro, okay, I got a perfect fucking example. The, the one-liner tournament. They don't say no names. Someone advanced, and they said a whole fucking meme. Their their one-liner was a meme, word for word. What was it? Oh, fuck, what was it? Oh, my God. It was about some, I think it was Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, it was a Chick-fil-A Sunday food truck. Oh, my God. I, I, I got... Later on, I'm going to find it, and I'll send it to you. Said it word for word. When I heard it, I looked, and it was three other people. I was like, yo. And he won. The crowd went crazy because it's funny. Yeah. There's a lot of people who do that, too. To me, that's another thing. Like, the memes, the the joke stealing. Like, you got to do your homework. And I think this this is how I can tell. If you really love what you do and your craft and you want to advance at it, you got to get it out there. You got to film it. You got to put it in social media. How many people you know have been doing this for years? You still haven't seen no footage. Correlates to stealing. it co- Because they know. But they're on every flyer. That don't mean shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. But a, I'm just saying. A like, fucking flyer you'll see, in you'll Albuquerque. See, yeah, like, you'll, yeah. See them, you'll, yeah. you'll see them yeah. on flyers when yeah. you go to their page. Mm-hmm. Again, really outside of like the four of you. Yeah. You're not going to see a whole lot of clips. Right. I, and people get mad when I say that. Yeah, whatever. Show me receipts. I am tired of getting on social media right after a show. Man, we killed it. And, man, thank you. And ki- Okay, let me see something. You ain't got to put your whole shit up there, but something? Like, you're not going to shop yourself around, not just for people here. It's yeah. the internet. Everybody's your neighbor. And, I mean, that's – so Matt Reif talked about it, I think, like four or five months ago, how he became – he was already on his path like through LA and doing all his stuff there, but yeah. he he became hyper famous and he had a clip go viral off of like Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Yeah. And before things like I didn't really have a career. I, I had a couple of working gigs, but I still had a nine to five doing all this stuff. But after that clip went off, I became went off this, the rails. What happened? Stealing formats on social media in general. What right? do you mean? Like okay, so 
as we're talking about posting on social media, talk, uh, posting your like your standup routine, posting a bit, whether it's a minute long, yeah, thirty seconds, clip, whatever. Right, crowd that's, work, that's the thing. Something. Right. Let somebody yeah. know. There's my receipt that I'm funny. But so there are comedians that will do their own little like social media like skit, I uh-huh. guess, where it's a consistent format of what yeah, they're yeah. putting out. Right. Right. Can okay, so I'll broaden this question. Can you steal a format? No. No, because if you can make it your own. Yeah. That's like, okay, that's like our open mic, right? Yeah. A lot of people, can. they were like, oh, it's like Kill Tony. No, fuck no. Don't even. Yeah. No, I, I, there's no fucking way. We can never be anything like that. I just wanted to do, the only way I wanted to be involved with an open mic is if I can give honest feedback. That's it. Period. And then if it turned into jokes, that's what it was. Um, I don't think someone can steal a format as long as they make it their own. How that's far, it. generally speaking, because I know this is that's like that's like me getting upset. Oh, we we got the BS show. Look at Noah over there doing the podcast. Right. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Generally, yeah. Generally yeah. speaking, right. Um, not stealing a format, but like, let's say how, how like. I feel like it's like a, it's like you know it when you see it. it so like you're people, talking people, about people like make it their own. So I can just put the shit side by side and it's a carbon copy. Yeah. Okay. Now that's something different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I because I, I see a little bit of that. Yeah. From so you're saying you oh, just want too. you want yeah. originality and that is the yeah. basis of comedy, originality. You can have the same premises, the same concepts, the same subjects. But what makes yours stand out is going to be the originality that you put on it. Yeah. Like, everybody's talking about the sub. Okay, what do you got to say about it? Eh, that ain't nothing. Oh, shit, I never thought about that. That's, that's fucking hilarious. Like, right. Yeah. Right. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, one thing I find interesting in comedy is the way that – because. I think like, I think generally people can tell whether someone's make, genuinely making a joke about how dark it gets, yeah, yeah, about how morbid it gets. I think generally speaking, people can tell when it's all right. We're still in the realm of joking, poking fun, right, 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 holding up a mirror to something ridiculous, and then being malicious, mm-hmm. right. I think people generally can tell the difference, uh, no matter what the media wants people to believe. You know, I really do think people can tell the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I find interesting is even today how uh divided the country has been especially on the basis of race yeah when you start crossing boundaries of like white comics are making black jokes and vice versa right right when in your opinion when it comes to just race crossing in general in comedy yeah how are are there like key points of a bit or key elements of a routine that keep it in the realm of yeah they're obviously still telling a joke it's not malicious anymore yeah i'll use myself so you know <clears throat> i learned I, very i, I quickly. hope i worded that right. yeah i know what you mean I, okay. I i learned very quickly that i needed to talk about albuquerque in my fucking jokes because i wouldn't i didn't want to do it i'm like everybody does that shit i was like you know what i'm gonna do it from my perspective and make it my own so everybody has jokes about albuquerque so i said where where can i set my jokes apart because i'm seeing it through my eyes race so i'm working on one you you heard me tell this the very first time at the open i'm working on it i haven't even i haven't even hit a stage to really tell this joke 
And it, it, the premise is, I thought all New Mexican fathers were racist. And so you just let that marinate. And people are like, what the fuck is he talking about? Notice I didn't say Mexican or Spanish. I said New Mexican fathers. Yeah. You can take it to the race part, your damn self. Yeah. And my thing is because I'm like, because they judge you on how well you can service a swamp. <laughs> yeah. See what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what the fuck a swamp cooler was before I moved here. And I'm meeting women, and they're like, oh, my dad's coming over, and you guys can service the swamp cooler. I'm like, no, the fuck I'm not. I don't even know what that is. Like, And then they're like, I don't even know how to take the panel off. And they tell you to wet the goddamn, what is the shit, the the... Whatever you wet up in there, and it's the pump. I was like, I don't know, bro. Like, so I was like, I, I used that or or my Ala Verga joke. I thought everybody says Ala Verga. I thought there was a dude named Ali Verga that lives here, and he's the kingpin of Albuquerque. <laughs> like, there's ways to do it, but you can tell when it is on some uncomfortable. Okay, when you go to the realm of where it is just some racist shit, it's because you're not clever enough to make it. Yeah. To where it's universal. I was gonna say, when does be, when does it become attacking? I guess, you know what I mean. Where you, when where you're when just people are when, when when you're not funny. Yeah. Like okay, look, a lot of people be like, "Yo, how can you say the n word? How can you say nigga?" And there's, you're the only black person in there because I own it, and I know somebody in there has said it before. <laughs> I know y'all say it. I know it. it Especially if you up in Rio Rancho. It, 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 it can be a song. Yeah, Corrales on over. Oh, it's nigga nation up there. And, it's, and the thing is, see how you could say that? And I don't, I don't, you can, there's, there's black comedians who will fumble the word because they're not confident. They want to say it, but they're like, I don't know if this crowd can take it. Ugh. Fuck the crowd. Yeah. They're going to see that you're confidently saying it and you're doing it. And not just a funny way, but a clever way. You got to make it clever, so you can go anywhere with that shit with race. But I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen comedians get up there and they just go straight racist because the people they're talking about is not in the crowd. Do your shit in front of the people you're talking about. Then let's see it fly. Yeah, that's when you know you can do it. That's honestly, and it's funny you say that because that is one of my favorite like types of like. Stand up to watch is when someone who is making making a joke about whatever race it is, and the people of that race and the crowd are laughing their yes. ass off about it because it has that again that perfect mixture yeah. of how real of what there's like that's a real criticism yeah, yeah yeah but you're turning it hilarious yeah. like okay I I watched speaking of Alfred Robles I told him when I met him I said man you put a clip up the other day. And he, you could tell he was in front of a black crowd because I can hear. That's a black crowd. I know. And he was like, yeah, man. He was like, there's different types of black people. And the crowd gets quiet. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got your African-Americans. You got your um, Afrocentric. And then you got the, and then he got quiet and the whole crowd cracks up laughing. He goes, oh, so you know what I'm going to say next. He says, tell me what I, he said, it's, he's, he's like, you got niggas. And, and you see that, and they're laughing because they know where he's going with it, but he took it there and let them make that assumption instead of, you know what I'm saying? That's an interesting twist yeah. on the uh, the Chris Rock bit. Yep. That's an yep. interesting twist on mm -hmm. that. Yep. Huh. See how you can have the same premise but do it differently? Yeah. yeah. How much do you, th do you think about that when you're writing your material? How much of... When you're writing or you're just piecing things together in your head, do you ever uh, take account for like, okay, I'm going to make a joke about this. Yeah. 
But let's say I'm only going to say 70% of it and 30% of it I'm going to let the crowd yes. put together in their head. Yes. So this this happened at the hour like special. Next level type. That, that happened. You Okay, so you remember the joke I was telling about the queen and Queen Latifah. Yeah. And this is the first time I ever did it. Usually I tell that and I make little references to Queen Latifah. So I was like, I know this crowd is blacker than usual. So I can go places that I can't, I can go deeper in the bag of Queen Latifah and they're going to understand it. Seeing you murder in front of a predominantly black crowd was fucking great. <laughs> that was, no, that's seriously one of the best just shows in general, like entertainment things I've been to. That was one of the best I've ever been to. And it's so funny. I didn't even, I, and you, you heard me say, I was like, yo, I didn't know y'all was going to show up. I ain't never, where the fuck y'all come from? Like, and so I saw the crowd, and this is where you have to adjust. So I go deeper into the Queen Latifah, and I do the whole uh, Living Single. Yeah. I start singing the, the, the hook from the TV show Living Single. I said the first couple of words, the crowd, and I, I, I was like, are they singing this? Because I had turned my shoulder. And I heard him, I said, we are living, hey. And I heard him go, single. And they kept singing, and I just shut up. And I just threw the mic out there. And that's why I was genuinely excited, because I was like, that's the first time I've done that. And y'all took it. Yeah. So that's some shit you can't plan, though. That's some shit you got to be in the moment. You don't know. Okay. You yeah. don't know. You got to be in the moment for that one. What is it about... Whether it's your writing, your delivery, the co obvious confidence you have, like, because again, a lot of the jokes you make just mm -hmm. because there is an age gap, like, there's a lot of like references that I don't pick you up don't on. Yeah. There's a lot of references that she didn't pick up on, but because of the delivery, because of the you writing, have, I'm like, you. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking <laughs> about, but this shit is hilarious. So no, so we're like, we'll switch off. <laughs> That's what so, I'm talking so about. So we'll be sitting there yeah. and we're doing like our homework. I'll be like, thank you. And it, makes, be like, you, it makes you go on your phone. I'll be watching the, the comedy. She'll be doing this. She'll watch the comedy and I'll be doing this. <laughs> so we're trying to like put together like, what the fuck is he talking about? Because I want to like, even like, Recent stuff, yeah. my coochie pink, my booty. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't listen to that. I don't. I listen to rap. I don't you listen to whatever the fuck that is. You know what's so funny? Because my daughter put me on that song. <laughs> I got a twenty-year-old. My daughter turned twenty June the twentieth, and she put me on, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? Dude, what am I sending you to college for again? Like, yeah. What the fuck is going like, what on? What is this?" And, and and I'm like, you know, when we was younger, we had Luke and fucking. Uh, a two live crew and two short and shit. And we thought that was nasty and Lil Kim. And so I was thinking, I was, I was like, how the fuck do I want to start this special, this, this show? And I said, I'm going to do this. Cause I know there's going to be two types of people in this crowd. People who got up and danced cause they heard the song and people like you. And I was like, what the fuck is this? This is hilarious. Like, yes. and so you got to cater to both. Cause and and I was like I knew that would be a, a, an attention grabber, but um yeah man you gotta you that's the type of stuff that that in the moment thing because that's how you gotta share your culture with people that you know don't know your culture or that's yeah. not in it and that's like I love that's why I love watching Josh Fournier I know nothing about his culture but we're the same because now that I learn I'm like ah oh, we that's the same shit yeah so. 
I wish I could have saw you like <laughs> I wish I could have saw your face. And and then I kept doing it. So he was like, yo, what is this? Yeah, we were just sitting there like, I don't this is fucking hilarious. But like, what is he talking about? Because because you got people laughing at the song. Yeah. Because they know how ridiculous it is. And that was the same day Tina Turner died. So I correlated that. And then you got someone like you who've never heard the song. He's like, this is so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and then the way I'm saying it, you're like, yo, this is crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's what you got to do. That's how you, that's how you hit all of your audience. So you have all daughters, right? Yeah, I got two daughters. Two yeah. daughters. Mm-hmm. How has being a father shaped your comedy? Oh, man. I, as you can, you've seen me multiple times doing stand-up comedy. I don't think you've seen one show where I didn't reference my daughters. Always do. Oh, my God. Oh, the bit. I don't want to give it all away, but the bit where you called your youngest phone. Okay, let me tell you how that came up. And voicemail. Let me and tell you, you how left that came the fucking, up. And I'm like, does this guy love high alum, or high child? Like, oh, what's it called? Uh, child support. Child support. Does he love high child support payments? What the Check fuck this out. So I'm going to show you how I came up with that. So this is real. Like, you have to take your life. This is the part of stand-up comedy that a lot of people don't understand. There's things that you can make fun of that's in media and all this other stuff. But you got to – the thing that I had to learn, because I've been through a lot of trauma, bro. Like, like even – I'm just now doing jokes about my mother. I was adopted. I met my mom at 21. I'm just now digging into that. And I've been doing stand-up more than eight and a half years. Because I've been trying to figure out how do I use that. Yeah. So with my daughters, my oldest, oh, man, she's always, and she actually wants to do stand-up. But my youngest, it was easier with her because by then I'm, I knew a little something. And, you know, her mom got her the phone. I'm pissed. I was, I was mad. And I was like, how ridiculous is this? I got to write a joke about this. Because how old is your youngest again? She's five. <laughs> she had a phone at four. Her phone's better than mine. I'm, I'm teaching my five-year-old how to send voice text. Yeah. Press this button and talk. Send. Yeah. There are that's so how, many reasons why I don't no, like that. Bro, don't. We can we can shelve that yeah. for later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, geez. Okay, so, anyway. So you're so, writing the bit. So yeah. I'm like, yo, I can use this. And then I know she's not up when we do comedy shows. I said, I'm going to. F- the first time I did that. It actually, I made a call to a girl. I didn't call my daughter. I was actually trying to, I was trying to impress this chick. And I told her, I was like, hey, I asked her to come to the show. She didn't come. And she was like, you know, good luck. And I was like, hey, do you mind if I call you during the middle of my set? And she's like, what? And she said, you won't do it. I was like, shit, watch. And I was doing a private show. No, it was a, at a private thing. I did it with Keith Breckenridge. Tyler Lovely was there. A lot of comedians were there. And I didn't know where it was going to go. And she didn't know what I was going to say. I called her. And, and I was like, I was like, yo, I'm trying to date this girl. Can y'all help me out? So that was the first time I used a phone call. <laughs> and she answered. And I told them on, to help me out. Like, it was like, it was pretty cool. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to call my daughter. I think you saw me call her the very first time I tried that. That Revel. No, no, no. Okay, no. no. If you yeah, saw me at Rebel, yeah, that was, was, was that was like the third time I did it. Okay. Man. So the first time I did it, um, I called her, and uh, 
I was like, and each time I do, I do it differently. And then I threw in, okay, and I'm going to tell you how I threw in the child support part. The last time I did dry heat, her mom was in the audience. And I was like, this, I said, yo, I'm going to do the bit. Yeah. And I was like, because I go, I, I heard her laugh, and I was like, who the fuck? I was like, I know that laugh. And I looked, she was, she was sitting right there with some chick with her, and I was like, oh, my God. I said, my daughter's mom is here. Y'all give it up. I don't call her baby mama. That's disrespectful. Y'all give it up. This is growth. She hadn't seen me do comedy in like five, six years. Um, and I said, you look at her, man. She brought the child support um, worker with her to see <laughs> And I was like, and I was like, hey, everybody! I said, make sure you let it. I said, everybody, let let them know y'all got in for free. They're the only ones that paid. I'm not making no money from this. And then I was like, and this is all on the spot. And I'm like, yo, where the fuck is our daughter at? If you out here, where's our daughter? And and then um, I'll, and then I go into the phone thing and I call her. And she, the look on her face is like, you're calling her. And I was like, if she answered this fucking phone. I'm gonna be pissed off, like, and it goes to voicemail, and I I leave that, and that's how that came from it. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. You yeah. Gotta, I'm telling you, bro. You gotta you gotta be so open. You gotta do some outlandish shit. That's what Grossman told me. He was like, "Yo, man," he said, "I love the fact that you just say whatever," and and because wait till you see the jokes and jams um, footage. Grossman is hilarious. He brought this lady on stage. They. And it's always weird when you bring the crowd on stage. He brought this lady on stage, and she had the biggest, what do you call it? What do they call it? Fupa. It was split down the middle. It was two of them right there. And he was like, I had, he's like, damn, this all y'all doing in Albuquerque? I ain't never seen a bitch with four booties. Like, <laughs> bro. And he started twerking on her and dance. And I was like, that's the shit I'm talking about, bro. You got to just be fearless. So using my daughter... Yeah. That's what I know. I can't, and, and I think every time you've seen me, I've used my daughters, and, oh, yeah. and it's something, if you love it, you have to implement it into your comedy, Ooh. just like Kevin Hart with his children. Mm -hmm. Now, 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 your spouse, uh, that's touchy. Yeah. First time I did comedy ever, I brought my girlfriend into it, and she didn't like it. She didn't like it at all, so that's the part that gets touchy. I don't know. But it's everything else, man, it's it's on the it's on the table if you can make it funny. And plus it makes you personable. Yeah. Cause yeah. it adds and, and you ain't stealing. Yeah. Who the fuck right. can it, let let somebody else oh I called my like you'd be like, bro, you just right. whole told Buck's whole shit. Right. You, yeah. No one can steal your own experiences. You, there you, you go. Just like with with uh a premise, you can have a similar experience, but you're not gonna have the same exact Exactly. Right. Yeah. So your daughter told you she's thinking about doing stand-up. Yeah, actually, you know what? The first time my daughter seen me do stand-up is when I did Nexus. I used to have the monthly show at Nexus Silver Tap Room. And how old was she at the time? She was 16. Okay. And she's 20 now, you said? She's 20 now. Okay. She came with a notepad. Oh, shit. And she was writing down stuff. And I thought she was giving writing down stuff to tell me about my stuff. So we get ready to leave. She gets in the car with me. She goes, Daddy, I want to do stand-up. I was like, what? For real? Because I know she loves to laugh, but she was kind of shy, you know. And she's like, I, I made some jokes right here. And I was like, what? Fucking page full of them. And she told me the jokes, and they were fucking hilarious. And I was like, whenever you want to do She's like, I, I'm going to do it eventually, but I'm, I'm going to write stuff. 
So we talk about it, but so whenever she wants to take the leap, I'm 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 gonna have her back, man. How does that make you feel from both a I'm comedian, proud as fuck, a bro. comedian and a father standpoint? I'm proud as shit because I wish I would have got an early start. That's the one thing I regret, and people say I shouldn't say that, but I do. I started thirties. Then you meet someone who's your age and they say, like Grossman, he's like, Yeah, I've been doing it twenty six years. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. He's like, name him, I've worked with him. And I'm like, fuck. Hindsight's twenty twenty though. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, it, it does it does make a lot of sense. But it makes me very proud that my daughter is very interested in it. Cause she I ain't gonna lie, she's one of the funniest people I know. Her social media is hilarious. I th- I've shared some of her shit because I've literally <laughs> laughed out loud. And people be like, that's your daughter. That's your daughter. So, yeah. that It's a lot of influence happening all at once. Is that something you're constantly aware of? Or is that something you kind of like hit you in the face all of a sudden? Like, oh, wait, I'm a very influential person. Oh, Not, on- not only as a father, but as a comedian, as a person in the entertainment space like because there's levels to your influence i feel like like you've certainly influenced me as a podcaster as a as <laughs> but someone you're the, but you're, you're the only fucking person to admit this shit you know, though you're I, the only because a lot of people you know what i've learned bro when you're confident a lot of people take that as you're a fucking asshole or he talks shit or so they don't want to tell you they be like ah, yeah buck he does this thing well, I feel like that's also that's a New Mexico problem. You think so? Oh yeah, because yeah. I know a lot it of might be. a lot of people that I talk to, like well, my uh, some friends that I've made in the music community mm-hmm. here. Um, most most of these people, if not all of them, are born and raised here in New Mexico. Whether it's here in Albuquerque, yeah. in a smaller community, or whatever it is. Either way, they're living their they live their formative years and now into their twenties, late twenties and thirties here in Albuquerque, and it's this. It's like there's people our age that are trying to figure out what to do. They maybe they like music, maybe they like comedy, maybe they're trying to do something outside of the nine to five, and maybe that takes them somewhere. And there's people above them that they could be in that scene, they could yeah. be out of it, and they're just like discouraging them from doing it or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, what you think because you had all these people show you're famous now? Oh, you think you got to yeah, pay for yeah. Think you're, there you go. Think you're rich now? It's like people. For whatever reason, and I'm sure it's in a lot of other places, but I've just because I've been, you know, obviously with my entire life here, it's people that now obviously they have their own shit going on. They're not very proud of, and they're not happy with things that they didn't do, did too late, and didn't succeed at, or whatever the issue was. But it's I want you to succeed, I do, but you can't succeed more than me. Yeah, there you go. Because the moment you succeed more than me, now I'm lesser, and I can't be lesser. I'm not as important. And so now when you say, like, I'm the only one to admit that, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Yeah. It's a feast. And I can't say this without, like, giving credit. Like, I first heard this from Rogan on his Mm -hmm. podcast. Like, it's a feast, not a famine. Like, just because you recognize someone for their ability, just because you recognize someone for their product they create, or whatever it is. It does not devalue you as a person. Yeah. It does not devalue you as an entertainer. And it certainly does not devalue whatever craft you're getting into. Well, and then also, I think it's twofold to this. Men, we're in this age where men are so fucking masculine. If you give props or anything or say, hey, I look up to your, hey, good job or this and that and the other. Or even ask for pointers. Yeah. You're too fucking prideful. 
Or you're, t- oh, you're kissing his ass. You're Pride his is dick an issue. And Pride is a big issue. You know, I think guys go through that. And then I think with me personally, I think a lot of people, if I've said some things disparagingly about their comedy, they took it personal. I don't. That don't mean I don't dis. I don't dislike you as a. That don't mean I dislike you as a person. I just didn't like what I saw and what I've seen. So get better. How much of that is a lack of self awareness? Because I feel because like for me, what held me off from doing this for so long mm-hmm. is I don't want to put myself out there and then get just. I guess I wasn't there like emotionally and like confidence wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I wasn't ready to get. Whether it was actual criticism that's that con- criticism, and, huh? and constructive and that can actually help, or whether it's just people that just love to talk shit, right? Whatever, like, part of the spectrum that's on, I wasn't ready for that. But I would, because the reason I bring that up is I would imagine that if you're going to try stand up and if you're going to do it for, and you're going to keep doing it after bombing and bombing and bombing, or maybe you had a great one, you had a shitty one, whatever's going on with you. I would imagine that if you're going to put yourself out there specifically in that way, because you said this, I think, at the last open mic at Inside Out, where it's it's such a strange and challenging art form because it's literally you and a it's microphone. It's you. It's you, a microphone, yeah. figure it out. Figure it out. Figure it out. Nobody can tell you how to do that shit. So inherently, you're opening yourself up to so much criticism. And then when you get that criticism, it's like, did you not expect that? Mm-hmm. That's what I come to. So here's my thing. So I put a lot of pressure on myself. You know how much pressure it is for me to say, you fucking suck. All right, let me com- perform. All right, yeah. let me put this film well, out. That is what brings see, the credence to what you do, though, because yeah. you have the ability to say that because of how you pack places out. That's what but you I don't think. Have okay, you. let me tell you something, And you're man. good, too. And okay, good. I was about to say, the talent gonna, doesn't pack out places. Keep going. I'm just going to yeah, check yeah. cameras. Talent doesn't. Oh, I know. Because talent I went, don't pack out places. I went to a Josh Fournier show where there was eight people. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah. The, at the talent guild. don't. At the guild. So, yeah. so when you're doing this, you got to learn there's different. In, it's just a juggling act, bro. You got to know. You got to have your material. You got to be funny you gotta you gotta be where people want to pay to see you but also you gotta market you gotta promote this is the part that i don't see that happens here you go to people's i say this all the time you go to their profile and it says comedian such and such and you didn't scroll two days and ain't seen shit funny so you gotta put your like it's it's you have to be like i know how to be controversial i know how to be funny i know how to be i know how to rile up people but the thing but that that's really my personality my person i'm not a gray person i'm here or here not in the middle yeah and i'm not afraid to tell you so but if you think opposite this is the very beginning of this conversation if you feel the other way please tell me teach me we can talk about it but i learned very early in social media how that shit works and then I learned, okay, you can flip this shit as an entertainer, too. Because they come to see what the fuck is he going to say. That's why when I say I'm going to have a show, people are like, I'm going to come, but don't make fun of me. People, You've been to multiple of my shows. I have never got on stage and just start the show. Look at this motherfucker. <laughs> da, da, da. People really think that's what's happening, and I love it. I want you to think that's what's going to happen. <coughs> Because that's a part of the marketing, well, and that's why I love that's going part to your, of the promotion. That's why I love going to your shows because you don't start like that, 
But oh, if, I can get there but though. If, but if you give it to me, exactly. If there's an opportunity for it, like that chick at the Gong Show who wouldn't shut the fuck up. Uh, you know what's funny? Molly. You know what's funny about her? <laughs> yeah. She is. It's either sister or a cousin uh-huh. of her coworker. Of your really? Yeah. Oh my. So God. when that shit was going down, yeah. we looked at her like, "What the fuck is going?" And like, then she was like, "Hey, this is da da da." I was like, "Ah." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you yes, silly bitch. Get her, get her, get her. <laughs> and that's what's so great about like, I, it's well, depending on what type of person you are, it could be great or bad. Right. Uh, how like everyone is connected one way or another. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, this person to that person. You got to have that in your bag, bag man. Yeah. Matt Reif made a, he's making his career off of that, bro. Yeah. Um, you got to have that in your bag. It's free time. But um, when did you, when did you start working, like either working or at least trying out crowd work? Because Bro, that the very is, first show. Because that is crowd work. The most. Crowd work is the easiest to me. Like, look, I grew up. That that's that's my culture. I'm playing dominoes. I'm playing spades. I'm talking hella shit. Yeah, like that. That's the easy part. Grabbing from from growing up like that. Grabbing from social media. I would do roast on social media. I would tell people, "Send me your baby picture," <laughs> and spend all day at work. 500 comment thread just going in like that's just what it is like that's the easy part like to me the the writing was the hard part that was the oh man this don't this is corny i'm spending time trying to piece jigsaw puzzles together like it's half of that for me yeah it's also half like fuck i was telling you about this like fuck Mm -hmm. man like not only my because I can write like that was one of the only things I was good at in school. I can write too. Was that was my favorite. That was one of the favorite subjects. Yeah, but it's the fact that I have to get up on stage and now retort this and make mm-hmm. it funny. Fuck, that makes me that still it makes me nervous. I've I've never memorized a joke front to back. I know the premise. Is your premise right? Yep. Cause that's I've heard Rogan talk about. It. That's how he does it. Mm-hmm. He gets it on note cards. Okay, it goes from ba 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 ba. Okay, yep. I can fill it in, and he yep. goes and does it. Yeah. Okay, and, and then and see, I can see something one time and memorize it too. So when I'm up there, I could I could see it like a movie screen. I yeah. could see it, and then be like, oh, this is where I want to go. This is where I go. Let me you like what you've seen me do. I can start a joke, pause it, crowd work. That goes with that joke or whatever I seen, boom, go right back into that joke. That's the movie part right there. Because because when you do that, people who came to see you be like, how the fuck did he go from there and get all the way back to where he started from? Now is that just how your brain works, and that's how, yeah. and, and that just like makes sense to you, or yeah. is that refined after repetition? Nah, if you, I can show you. Matter of fact, I found footage of my very first stand up. And I gave it to Larry because he's going to make it look better. And I was doing that then. I was going off on 10-minute like tangents. tangents. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, come back to the joke that I started. But it's still by no means, though, man, I am not a veteran in this shit. When I meet people who've been doing this, you're like, man, I got a lot of shit to learn, bro. That's why I, when I see them, when I know they're hitting the stage, I watch and, and and I don't I don't run up to them and ask them fifty million questions, yeah. but I watch, yeah. see what I can get. Well, they'll tell you most of what you're about to ask anyway. I feel like if you yeah. if you know what to look for, mm-hmm. and you know, um, like if you have a, I feel like for most people who are just experts in their craft, whatever questions you have for them, if you can understand why you're asking that question, you'll find the answer in their execution. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So so what I've learned is don't even ask the question. Have them perform. Yeah. And they see you. And and if you're on the what if you're on the right path, you know what they're gonna tell you? Bro, keep doing what you're doing. Boom, that's it. Yeah. Now if they're talking to you longer about some other shit, uh, you got a lot of stuff to work on. Yeah. Yeah. Well and what I love about like crowd work specifically is especially for men. I feel like that is a lot of like community and culture bonding. That's yeah. how men figure out, okay, are can I at a base level, can I trust being around you? It's like, can we talk shit? Yeah. Can we Okay and see here's... You know what I mean? Because if because if you walk into a room, you're meeting people for the first time yeah, and yeah, you yeah. start like, kind of jabbing at each other. If you just talk a little shit to somebody and they get real offended real quick, it's like, oh Oh, you ain't it. You ain't got okay. emotional yeah, yeah, yeah. stability. You have a lot of insecurity. If things are about to go, like, again, I feel like this is, like, ingrained in us from, like, evolution and just from living in tribes and just being, like, hey, we could get attacked by fucking saber-toothed tigers, man. <laughs> if this if this shit goes down, can yeah, I yeah, trust yeah. you to not lose your shit? Yeah, yeah. So, evolves forward to you're everywhere you're at, and if a little comment makes someone kind of, you know, get all butthurt and they get mad and they're very like, well, why would you say that? Mm-hmm. How could you? Is that fun? That's my favorite line. Is that really funny to you? Okay. I, now so now you're, you're talking about something that I was going to bring up. Now, if you can do crowd work on women, <laughs> you can do crowd work on women. You a cold piece of fucking work. And I'm not talking about that pandering bullshit. Yeah. You you were there. There was someone in the back said something. I went off. And I called her a big head native bitch. <laughs> and now if you hear this right now, if you're watching this, you'd be like, oh, you mean as fuck, yeah. bro. That's bullshit. You're a, you're a misogynist. misogynist you're a bigot. But you got to right. watch out. Guess what? If you, if you you were there. She was laughing. She laughed her fucking ass off. It's the she almost fell off her damn stool. Yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> you can get away. There's the confidence and the way you deliver it. Because yeah, the delivery. Because if you delivery. Because you the way again. Because the way you said it. You, you, I didn't say it the way I said it right yeah, here. No, like. you have it in a comedic tone <laughs> yeah. in a comedic twist. Yeah, where it's like um. It's almost like you said it in cursive. It yes. has like a because it. because you, everybody you did big, this. If you were to yell yeah. at, it's yeah. like, whoa, where did that hostility come from? Because everybody did this. They turned around to see who I was talking about, and they laughed. Yes, because they was like, oh, that's right on fucking point. That she does have a big head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I always say this: if you can do crowd work with women. Because what you just said, you find that funny. I have been so many places where I will make it a point. I'll pick out. You can see the crowd. Usually, I want the person who looks disgusted. I want the person who's like, who booked this guy? Who? Yeah. Why is he? What is he? He said the N word. The hyper offended. Oh, oh, I want that person. Virtue and, signaling. And if I can get her yeah. to laugh, the rest of y'all, it's it's been over. Yeah, and if you notice, name one show you've been to of mine. I haven't done crowd work on women. Oh, it's every one. Every fucking one of them. Yeah. Or or like the gay couple. Yeah. Or like you gotta get that. You can't be afraid of what you're not. I feel like a lot of doing stand up in long format, right? So longer. Mm-hmm. I'd say longer than fifteen or twenty minutes. I think a lot of that is convincing the crowd. That you aren't different than them. Thank you. I feel like that we is a lot of We are the same. 
I fight yeah. with a lot of it. And yeah. that the only reason I'm on a stage with lights right now mm-hmm. is so that you guys are able to see me better. I always say it. It's a window. You open your window to let them look in to say, oh, shit, we got the same fucking furniture. We live the same. We're yeah. the same. And that's how you can relate. That's why you should never not be yourself on stage. Let them see who you are because they're like, they don't look like me. They don't talk like me. They don't act like me. But we're the same. Yeah. That's how I look at it. That's what makes the most sense to me because I think whether it's like local comedians or just watching shit on the internet. Yeah. The comedy that I've laughed at the hardest is where I can genuinely relate to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. I love political humor. Yeah, I love yeah. it when people make fun of other famous people. I'm like, oh yeah, I fucking hate them too. Uh, mm-hmm. But when they are making fun of or making light of their own life situation that maybe mm-hmm. wasn't the best, yeah, or highlighting the ridiculousness of even though if they're a again if like a famous comic and they're um, you know they're a millionaire mm-hmm. seven figure earning comic but they still have to deal like stupid shit like yeah, the, yeah. the more relatable any type of material becomes the harder i laugh at it so what about okay let me ask you a question so i did something about a house phone i know you don't know never i, I, had, I one. had a house phone okay i'm okay. Not saying, i'm not that young i'm not saying goddamn i'm like, not that young cuz i know some people <laughs> be like we never had no, a house so, phone. No, <laughs> I had a house phone because now I was very fortunate as a kid because I, I, I did have like video games, like consoles and shit. And I remember we still had to hook it up to the wired internet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You so I plug in. Yeah, so I couldn't play like an online video game because of the, fucked up because your, of the phone. Somebody called and you, you'd be like, man. It wouldn't even go through. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It wouldn't even go through. Yes. I'm trying to think of some more outdated shit that I'm talking about. <laughs> but no, you that's the thing, man. I've done comedy in places where I'm the only black person in town. I don't change. Oh, well, what were you going to ask? I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that. Like, yeah. like, I got another show. I'm going back up to Dolores, Colorado. There's no black people there. Zero. I did some other sh- Colorado is the whitest state I think I've ever been to outside of Alaska. But... <laughs> <laughs> to do comedy there, bro. Yeah. And I did comedy in both. But to do comedy in Colorado, you know, I went to it's oh, what is the fuck and man, I, I know people are gonna watch this that are from there because I the, I have friends whose parents lived there. They came to see me. And they were like, You don't remember? But I I go into town and they have a a, a tree where they used to hang people. That's the beginning of the fucking town, bro. And I'm going in, and the comedy show is at the country club on the golf course. There's no brothers, no sisters there, none. I walk in, and I'm like, yo, oh, I'm about to tear their ass up. And I don't, that's how I look at it. You're Django walking in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caprio's fucking ranch. Thank you. Yeah, I got the What they call them, like strawberry or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so I think, I think, I think more comics should experience that. A lot of people here don't because in the Southwest you have all of the same, really. Like, there's no such thing as a, oh, you got the black club and the white club. Right. And, you no, don't you have got that. the New it's, Mexican the, club. Yeah and, New yeah. Me- and people from outside of New Mexico, they think New Mexican is strictly Hispanic. Hispanic. Maybe a little bit of white. But no, when no. you say New Mexican, that is literally every fucking race. Every race. Even exactly. Asians. Exactly. 
Yeah. Because when you come to New Mexico, you stay here long enough, you become a New Mexican for better or worse. That's right. For better or worse. So that show specifically you just talked about, was that the show, because I've heard you talk about it a few times, I think, Mm -hmm. where you had to show up and one of the ways on stage, like in real time, that you had to, or the, a, uh, a tactic that you used to relate to that crowd was using your military experience. Was it there? Um, Cause you brought up that you were a Marine at one point. And- no, you're talking, okay. <laughs> this is what <laughs> you're talking about when I went viral and was on, Oh, that uh, the 4th of July thing? That was the 4th okay. of July That's show. That was. Okay. 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 <laughs> that was down there at big Springs, Texas. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. But no, what I, here's what I usually do with that. Uh, my my way of getting them to loosen up because they've never seen me and don't know. I always look up the racial demographic of the place, always. And okay. I, and I, and so I'll go and I'll say like, say Dolores, Colorado. I think it's zero. I want to say that, bro. <laughs> you walked wanna, in and made it one, and, and, and then I, <laughs> I walk in and I say, yeah. If you look up the racial demographic of Dolores, Colorado, I said, I always look it up, and you know, it, it said uh, before I left Albuquerque, it said zero, and I checked it right before I got on stage. And that bitch is up to two percent. <laughs> Thank you, like, like <laughs> stuff like that, and then they just be like, okay, this is cool. Now I can get into my shit, you know. Yeah. So. Stuff like that. That's funny. Yeah. Especially when you go to these little towns, man. You go to these little towns and, you know, I went up last time. Well, the first time I went to Dolores, there was a guy who was straight up Trump supporting. He talking hella shit in the back. He didn't know that I was one of the comedians. Steph Darnell's up there doing his thing. I'm sitting next to this guy. He's talking he shit. He is. Oh, he racist, grumbling. And in my head, I'm like, I'm about to tear his ass up yeah went up there i made everybody look at him laugh all this shit and and steph was like bro this motherfucker could have went and got a gun and aired this whole motherfucker (laughs) out like but it's the shit that you have to point out that's obvious it's the shit that everyone sees but can't say so you have to do that so you gotta do that that is a perfect something everyone sees but not one really talks about it's a perfect segue so i wanted to pick your brain a bit we live in a very, I don't even know the right word for it, a tumultuous, crazy, stupid, ridiculous time mm-hmm. where everything's just getting kind of flipped on its head. Yeah. I, I want to start generally and start zeroing in. As a father, you said mm-hmm. your youngest was five? Yeah. Okay. You send your kid off to school. Are you worried about what she's getting taught at school? Oh my God! So she's gonna start kindergarten. Do you and worry about yes. stuff like that? Because again, Fuck there's yes. a lot of different ways you can take it. Oh. But like, because I think about it, and I'm like, like for me personally, I don't want kids in general. Yeah. But yeah. like, if I ever were to have kids, not today. See, it's even worse for me because I have a biracial child. So she's Hispanic and black. Okay. So it's like you're going to be lacking in something, and we're going to have to teach you at home regardless. Even though me and her mom aren't together, we finally got to the point where we can be on the same page when it comes to her. We've talked about this. Even shit, little shit with my daughter's hair. Like the, her mom had to learn. She had to learn. Like to, And so we've, we've talked about this. Like, damn, Tasha's about to start kindergarten and the news and all this shit that 
they don't want to, man, they are taking shit out. You got states that saying slavery never fucking happened and and we don't want to talk about this because it makes us feel bad and not like. Well, you have things ranging from, again, extremes like that. Where yeah. We're not going to even talk about slavery mm-hmm. going to like in the middle. It's like, well, slavery was everywhere. So it's not, it's, it's not, not like, yeah. And then you have it all the way to like. America's only known for slavery. This is the biggest, worst place in the world. White people are the devil. And it's just like yeah. all these extremes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's maybe, yeah, so like more like a personal experience. See, Larry was, that's Larry. Larry would, <laughs> Larry would have cut you all the way off right there. Hold up, brother. No, we're not. Hold up, brother. <laughs> so I, got, I got Copenhagen upstairs, bro. I'll take care of you. It's all right. So, so. It's scary. But if, if, uh. As much as you want to expand on it, what were those conversations like as a uh, like co-parenting, figuring that out? We still have them because she yeah. hasn't started kindergarten. It's ever yet. evolving, I'd yeah. imagine. Yeah, so because she's still in this, the innocent stage, color yeah. between the lines, well, it and should be ABCs, it and, should be, and it's it's changed. Look, I I had my daughter through high school. It's changed from that little bit. She is going into her third year in college now. Okay. So it's changed Good for her. just from Holy there Good for her. to a five-year-old coming into kindergarten. So it's going to change again. It's scary. Also, we're not in the we're in the worst fucking educated state in the fucking 51st country. Fifty first in the nation. <laughs> I mean, I thought, what are we behind Puerto Rico? They, God damn. They saw- <laughs> The fuck? They started including. They started including. Like, it, uh, it goes Alaska, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, Guam, New Mexico. Like, they started including Washington D.C. in the rankings. D.C. Oh my God, we're behind a district. Yeah, yeah. So when it's bad. Yeah, it's bad here. Um, so are you? I. Whether like yourself individually or as a co-parenting like team as a unit, or do you guys like try to prepare yourselves for like okay, what happens if our daughter comes home to one of us and says, it's, "Hey, teacher told me that gender doesn't really exist." Yeah, it's gonna happen. Teacher tells me I think it's gonna happen that white people are evil and black people, you know, yeah, are yeah, yeah. better than white people. Yeah. And but teacher, because I've heard, and I'm just not just saying this for our conversation. I've read articles where like black kids got taken aside and told mm-hmm. by their teachers, "Hey, you're better than the white kids." Mm-hmm. Like I've read shit like. Well, that. were they talking about sports? <laughs> <laughs> because hey, man, we hey, don't want to. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Are we talking about track and field? <laughs> that's <or>? true. <laughs> Sorry. Take all the black people out of the NBA. All right, <laughs> and that is no longer. That is horrible. That's the WNBA. Yeah. That's what the fuck it is. Oh, Brittany Griner, you stupid bitch. We don't count you. No, anyway. Um, no, but see, but you, that's you know what I mean. Like so, that's, so as a parent, do you prepare for that? Um, you can never be prepared for that because you love your child so much. You can think what you're gonna say until yeah. it happens. All that shit goes out of the fucking window because. You gotta go. You go into protection mode. You go into education mode. You go into the mode where I'm gonna go beat these motherfuckers' ass. What the fuck are you teaching my child mode? Like, you can prepare, but you'll never know what you do until you get into that moment. I watch these shows, man, and this shit be happening with these kids. And you got, you know, Florida, and you got Texas, and you got the, you got people who are like, oh, we have to overcompensate and. Uh, the white people, oh, don't, it, I'm sorry. What are, what are you 
you wasn't there. Like, what are you right. apologizing for? Right. Or you got the other extreme, like, nope, never happened. Juneteenth is stupid. Like, that type of right. shit. And it's you got to find a, a, a fine balance. But the problem, the real problem in parenting is teaching your kid these people exist. That's the hardest part about parenting. Yeah. You have to teach your children this is what they're going to encounter and have them prepared for it when you're not around. Do you That's pre- the hardest shit. Would you prefer to do that before they find out about it on their own or from, oh, the, or from a yeah. third party before no. that or after? No, no, no. You get, look, those are the tough things. You Like my daughter already does it. My daughter already does it. She goes, when she colors, she goes. She'll, she'll color her mom. Mom's clear. Daddy's real dark. So yeah. she takes the dark and the clear and makes her. And then she'll put her arm and she goes, she goes, she says, Mommy, you're not like me and daddy. And then and then she goes, she goes, You're white. And she, her mom's like, No. This is what I am and this is what you are. Because she doesn't know the nuances of race. Exactly. And exactly. And it but right. it already happens because you got right. cartoons, you got baby dolls, and right. you know what I mean? We buy her Afro Latina shirts and like like you it's sad. Kids can't be kids, but you got to beat what they're going to learn or someone's going to teach them some bullshit and it's going to be hard for you to unlearn it. So this is going to go in a different direction than I originally had in my head, but that's yeah. a good that's a good point. So I had this conversation with another buddy of mine on the podcast. Um, representation. Yeah, man. In, in my opinion, like representation is important. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I feel like the way that it's getting purported, especially by Disney. Mm-hmm. Especially so, I think it's going further than representation, and it's it's nearing on the point of, if not hitting the hitting right on exploitation. Um, I think it's exploitation and caricatures now. I think it's exploitation. because because whenever you have someone that's represented as representation, and that person isn't the real person behind it, yeah, it's a caricature. Yeah, it's you got a white woman being Mulan. You have uh, people of other races depicting, like, if you're going to do that, you got to go all the way. You got to yeah. be through and through. You can't just be like, hey, there's a black princess. Or a black Hey, mermaid. there's a black mermaid. Yeah. And, and, well, it and all feels, this other it shit. It feels cheap. And it, and it feels like, to me, it feels like a very I, I, easy I, I way. I hated that fucking movie. It feels like an easy way to make money. Uh, uh, yes, because the world is so sensitive. And I got I made jokes about this shit. Yeah. I made the little <laughs> I ain't gonna tell you, but it'll come out, the special's coming out. But I talked about the little I hated that movie. Well, I took my yeah. daughter to see it. They just made the little mermaid a black chick. That's all they did, yeah. They didn't culturize her, they didn't make her a black woman. Okay. They made her a black chick. And a lot of people are gonna say, "Oh, she's a mermaid." No, because once you go the raceway, you got to bring the culture, you got to bring everything that comes with it. You can't just make the chick black and be like, "That's the mermaid." That is such a good point. That's the truth. Be- because that is why, and as a comic book dork, I'm so happy it's finally happened. That is why, in both comic, now video game, and film, Miles Morales, Miles Morales is thank so you. beloved because thank he's not you. he's not a black Peter Parker. He's just yeah, he is a black kid that just happened to get powers of Spider Man, and you get his culture. He wears J's. His mom's Puerto Rican. His his his, his father was black. His uncles like, and and you get the 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 both sides of that culture. The music, yeah, every, the way he wears his hair, 
like the way he like the way he is. I don't know if you played the because obviously you've seen the movies. Yeah, yeah. But even like in the video games, because they made the like the Spider Man game for the PS4, and mm-hmm. they made the Miles Morales. Um, See, I haven't played the, the like, new Miles Morales. Like, I played the Spider Man yeah. one, but not that one. So in the Miles Morales one, he swings different than Peter. Not just on a, a basis of he's like inexperienced. Was he swing like Jordan? He doesn't really was know. His legs spread out. Does he hold his dick? Honestly. <laughs> With his tongue hanging out like, bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he does. Do, there are a little bit of references to MJ, and I'll be honest. Not like that, though. But, no, it's it's cool because, like, yeah, he's inexperienced. He hasn't yeah. been Spider-Man for longer than a year. It's yeah, that. It's, but it's he, also, it's like, he has his own, like, right, his own personality in right. it. That is obviously influenced by his right. upbringing, and and I don't like when people going back to the Little Mermaid and they're like, "Oh, she's black." Just like this is okay, and this is what what my people do. That we got to think a little bit deeper. They'll throw you the morsel, yeah, but there's more to it than just making the Little Mermaid black. Yeah, you gotta you gotta talk like. Look, man, I ain't gonna get too deep, but goddamn, her her. Her fucking dad was Greek or whatever the fuck he yeah. was. Like, because yeah. it don't make sense. And guess what? My daughter said, that's her daddy. Right. Okay, so that thing. That's her daddy. You answered and, the question. And, and, I was about and to she's ask. looking at me like, yeah. Because kids, kids aren't, just because kids can't articulate ideas does not make yeah. them stupid. That's her daddy. Because, of course, they're inexperienced. That's they're, her sisters. They're ignorant to the world. Yeah. But I looked at that because I remember watching the trailer for it. And I was like, well, yeah. if, if she's black mm-hmm. the rest of her fa- <laughs> i see all the way black she ain't cut with nothing else like, like why <laughs> is not like the rest of yeah. her family like make it make it true to form if yeah. we're gonna because once you bring race in you just can't bring the skin color yeah you can't just do it like that okay this just came to mind but i think a decent example of that is the recent version of aquaman because right. aquaman has been like the whitest dude in DC next to Superman. Yellow hair, the whitest dude ever. Yeah, blonde <laughs> yeah, hair, yeah. blue eyed. Yeah, you know he's basically a fucking I forget the swimmer's name, but uh, yeah, he's 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 always been a very very white guy. Yeah, they cast Jason Momoa, and he's Hawaiian, but mm. they make his dad Hawaiian. Yeah, so it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It right. makes sense that his Hawaiian father mm-hmm. and Nicole Kidman can have a kid and look like Jason Momoa. Yeah, maybe right. the Physical attributes yeah, don't really yeah. match up to looking like him. Yeah. But, you know, like, ethnicity-wise, that makes yeah. sense. Because I, I'm always with it. You can't – You ha- everyone has the culture, bro. The, the skin color doesn't make you who you are. It's the, the growing up in that culture. You can't, you can't separate the two. You can't do it. So was that – so was that a conversation between you and your daughter where it's like, okay, because when she asked you, like, yeah. why is, like, her yeah. dad not? You know, I told her, I said, that's fake. It's make-believe. It's a movie. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And she understands that concept, thank God. Yeah. Because then I would have to go deeper. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so going back to schooling and stuff like that, does does it worry you, just the direction that we're going oh, socially bro. when it comes to kids? Well, because let me give you an example. Like so, the first thing that comes to my mind, if you say to a certain crowd, "I don't think kids should go to a drag show," mm-hmm. they flip the fuck out. They call you a what bigot. The? They call oh. you a transphobe. Yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and yeah, my yeah. answer to that, and this is how, and I don't mean to sound pompous, but like this is how I know there's no logic to a lot of these um, 
narratives mm-hmm. because I look at, okay, well, what what is a drag performer, male or female, whatever? What is a drag performer? It is someone who creates a exaggerated version of themselves, whether it's through dress, makeup, wig, all three. Well, what's the purpose between that specific way they're dressing? What's the purpose of makeup? And what's the purpose of that hair? To, to make themselves attractive to whatever sex they're looking to attract for what outcome? Right. Obviously. like That's right, where right. my brain goes to. Right. Logically to break it down. Okay. So that means, at least to me, at the core of it, there is sexualization. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why is it okay for there to be kids at that? Mm-hmm. Or at that event? When- so, so this is where... Okay, I'm glad you're bringing this up. This is this is some new shit. And right this here. is separating this also is, like this is some new shit that I had to I, that I had to yeah. come to terms with. So I'm gonna start with my oldest daughter. So my oldest daughter used to go to the boys and girls club on Indian School and San Mateo right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And then they have the other one on the fairgrounds. I remember one day I went to pick her up. She was still a little girl, and she goes, "Daddy, I was walking around and there was a guy with his booty out." And I was like, "What?" It was pride. They did the pride parade right down the middle through there, and she saw it. Yeah. I was upset because I did. that's not how I wanted her to find out about all this stuff and question me about it. So I was lacking on that. Fast forward now, all right? Funny you bring this up. My daughter, my youngest daughter, has been to a drag show. Not a drag show, a drag brunch, right? So I think there's two, there's different versions are different things that you're speaking of i've been to a drag show and that shit was straight sex yeah craziness i sat right up front the guy was like hey is it okay if we make you the part of the show i had a good time but that's not a place for a kid yeah now it's consenting adults exactly doing doing right now what my daughter what her mom took her to was like a drag brunch where they were just performing and singing. Now, obviously, my daughter's not stupid. She told me there was a man with makeup on and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, don't you put makeup on daddy? Because you've seen that before, right? Yeah. And you know what she calls me? She goes, yeah. And I said, what do you call me? Boy, girl. I was like, that's what that was. So I think the parenting is different now, even just from my oldest to my youngest, to where you have to not only educate, but actually kind of expose them to it in a safe place instead of them getting it outside of your realm. You know what I mean? Outside of what, outside of your controlled realm and learning the perverted part of that shit. It's not great, but that's what you have to do. Same shit for it's gonna come up. It hasn't yet. When it comes to gays, Couples, lesbian couples, it's going to come up. My daughter is very smart. She's very intuitive. We're going to go somewhere, and she's going to be like, oh, daddy. I'm going to have to have that conversation. But you have to do it because if you don't do it the right way, someone's going to do it the wrong way. Right. And, when and you that's s- going to be – that's that seed that's going to be in their yeah. head, and it's going to grow and fuck it up. And it's just worrying to me when I see 
pride parades that are actively like not just in one instance like multiple oh they fucking sex shows bro some of them are just out there but they're chanting stuff like we're coming for your kids oh yeah yeah i've I've seen that i've seen those videos it's it's shit like that and 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 what they do okay so what that is that's social media scare tactics oh for sure and they do that because there's so there are people who are homophobic who don't understand who refuse to get educated and all this other stuff there's wrong on both sides that's the that's what I want to say. I am tired of anything you say negative towards the LGBTQ community, you're homophobic. No, that's the truth. No, because it's I, the truth. I, if it's the truth, that's not I'm not homophobic. That just means the thing that I'm talking about is person who happens to be a part of your community and yeah. you won't talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Cuz it, it paints you in a negative light. Exactly. That's right. what I don't like. Exactly. And that goes for everybody. Cuz I just Again, I'm not I'm not a dad. I don't have kids, but I just if I were to have a kid, I would keep at least I don't know what age it would be. I don't know. Again, that's a lack of experience. Wow. But I would tr- at least like I wouldn't be going out of my way for one of my kids to go to something like a drag brunch just because I don't need like again, they're kids. Mm-hmm. Coloring the lines, ABCs, learn your numbers. Fuck, man, go watch like if if I had a yeah, son, because, I'd sit his ass right in front of a but, Batman but, cartoon. But watch this. Here's here's where it ch- that used to work, but here's where it's different now. Like you're kind of having to accelerate it. You don't have to take them to a brunch. You got cartoons, bro. These you got Disney, Cartoon Network, all this shit. These newer ones that are having yeah. like non-binary and, and trans. Yeah, a fucking yeah. non-binary yeah. transformer. It's like okay, yeah. Yeah, they're fucking robots, yeah. but like, why do you have to go out yeah. of your way to make yeah. them? Exactly. Like, I don't agree with shit like that because yeah. again. Well, and I, and I because say, it's inclusion. Well I, well, I say this to people. It's crazy, right? I say this to people, and I'm and I'm not truly. I have no hate, and I have no. Once you say that, they're known. They're gonna say yeah, you do. Like ill feelings. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like ill feelings in my heart towards anyone in these in any of these specific groups. But like, I think that for children, they have to be taught, and they have to grow up in the basis of logic first right. and, and normality first. Yeah. Like they can't just they like Oh, so you can't use that word because cuz now you're going to say right. they're going to be oh, we're abnormal. Yes. Like, yeah, see, yes. See, see, see. Exactly. So so I say this. Innocence of a child needs to be preserved as long as possible. Yes. Now when I say innocence, you know what falls under that? Heterosex yeah, um, homophobic sex. I'm a homophobic. Homo, homo, homosexuality sex. It's like when you're any, fucking your boyfriend, any, but you're punching him at the same time. <laughs> you fucking faggot. Pa, pa, pa. You like this shit, don't you? <laughs> like, I am that. I am a proponent yeah. of keeping kids pure as long as possible. Yeah. Now we live in an age where, damn, you don't even get that choice. Yeah. My daughter's. She has a. She has a um, tablet. Like. I don't give a fuck if you put the parental guide on there. there it's going to come through. It's going to come up. You're going to watch something. And they're, they're yeah. going to be like, why are those girls kissing? Or, yeah. Or, and they're going to, and, and, and the fucked up part is, here's where I'm with you, where it is abnormal. Watch this. Say me and her mom kiss. You know what she's going to do? She's going to say, oh, y'all kissing. Or, ooh, you kissing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Let her see me kiss a dude. Yeah. Watch what's watch the reaction. 
that is the definition of what you just said. Because she's like going to be like, whoa. And a lot of people are going to be like, well, she's been taught heterosexuality since. Because that's normal. Yeah. Well, I was because say, that's what the. Well, I see think, what I'm saying? I think biologically, in general, I, I really do think from an early age, whether you're a male or a female, you recognize what is normal. Awesome. What is. Yeah. What is what is in the biological yeah. imperative? You know, you know. That, that's like talking to a person who was molested as a child. I knew yeah. getting that done to me was not right. It right. was abnormal. Nobody had to sit me down and say, "Hey, if this happens to," no, I knew it. Yeah. It just felt was not right. Now, here's another part where I say nowadays is different. You have to accelerate this shit. Say you have a child and they go to school with someone whose parents are the same sex. You don't want your kid to be the kid talking shit yeah. because you have already educated them. Hey, some parents are different, this, that, and the other. We'll leave it at that. But they still love them. You know what I mean? Their parents are this and that and the other. You don't have to get into the sex shit. You don't have to get right. into all of that. But you have to at least touch on it because they're going to they're gonna see it. They're going to encounter it. And you just want them to be prepared for it. Well, and the positive of that is you're teaching them from an early age to recognize it, but not like be hateful towards it. Exactly. And not there you be, go. Because once you're yeah. once you're educated, you're not ignorant. Yes, exactly. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's and that's where I think like it sucks. Like it's it's one. <laughs> because, it's, yeah. Because you want your kid to be as innocent as possible. Yeah. I don't want them to. Uh, but. Society's different because society's in hyperdrive now. Exactly, like, there's a level of education to it, but I think there's also like you need to really impose on them, like, hey, there is a base level where all of this starts out, and then that's why as you grow up, like as they're growing up, you're like, hey, why? If they, your kid comes to you when she's ten years old, eleven mm -hmm. years old, what does non-binary mean? Mm -hmm. Right? It's like, well, here is what that concept is. But here's why it is outside of normality. Bro, I, they ask me that shit. I'm fucked. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, with, there's fucking male and These female. pronouns shit be fucking with me, bro. Yeah. I don't, I'm like, whatever. I don't know. It's, I identify it's just, as I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's just, I think, just being able to explain. Because there has to be this level. I think it's just society in general. That we need, we're losing grasp of... Bro, we're like, in a society like where the they feel like level. we're we're in a society where they feel like everything and and everything should be done right now, which is not yeah. You can't you can't pour all that into a kid. Yeah. Hell, like I just said, I don't get the binary shit. So how the hell is a kid gonna get it? Yeah. Well, they grew, they're growing up in it, and you didn't. That's true. Because I have a base of a different a baseline that's different. That's and true. Honestly, I'd say I think it's a base of logic. Mm -hmm. Because again, and my big thing too, specifically with um, gender dysphoria, when that gets taken out of the DSM, and then it's still purported, no, 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 it's okay that it was taken out. We're not mm -hmm. taking it out to legitimize the narrative. Right, We're right, not right. taking it out because of anything, you know, like positive. Like mm -hmm. just because you remove any any uh, definition or any um, recording of a of a mental illness mm -hmm. does not get rid of it. Right, right, it right. doesn't uh, normalize it. It doesn't um, make it any less severe than what it really is. I'm not transgender. I couldn't imagine what the fuck that feels like dealing with gender dysphoria. Man. But right now, what's concerning to me out, outside of everything surrounding it is that 
the the rising number of people that are op- openly coming out and saying, I got my hormone therapy, mm-hmm. I got my surgeries as a kid, but now that I'm an adult, I did I like this was Bro. pushed on me. This Bro. was authorized for or, me. Or or they just let me do what the fuck I wanted to do. Exactly. So because when you're a child, yeah. you're a child. Period. There's shit that we cannot do as children, but there's stuff that they are making legal that you can do that'll change your whole you life. You can't get forever. a tattoo as a kid. Thank you. No. You can't fuck get a tattoo. No. no. Yeah. No. Would you would um, you let your youngest daughter at the age of twelve, would you let her get a tattoo? No. Hell no. Just because she wanted to do it. Yeah. And she felt like she she has the right to do it. She identified with it's her my body. F- with her forearm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Being colored up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the scary part, man. And people are making um these temporary decisions and they have permanent lasting outcomes yes. of it. And like and it's you said, you hear it. Like yeah, I, it I, I want to put that at the core of this argument too. Like it, I genuinely I genuinely feel bad for kids. Mm-hmm. And I would even say people that are 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, because I remember myself at that age, and I was a fucking retard. Oh, my God. I was an adult. <laughs> I was a legal adult. I was Shit. also stupid. I was dumb as hell. I'm bro. just, like, less stupid now. Yeah, like, yeah. I, But I'm still on my Well, you learn from being. your stupidity. Yes, That's what it is. Exactly. But, then, but when you do that, there's no learning. Yeah. It's there. Exactly. You're stuck. So I, but, and I feel, I feel genuinely bad for those people who, had, who either did that to themselves mm-hmm. Or was allowed to do it by people that they trusted, whether they were doctors, whether they were parents. They trusted these authority figures, and they said, "Yes, it is okay to mutilate yourself. It's okay to inject yourself with these hormones." Like myself personally, I'm not on it right now, but I used to be on TRT because mm. just for whatever reason, yeah, I have the fucking test levels of a 75 year old man. Mm-hmm. Just that—that that is the cards that I was dealt. Right, and I, and I, and I'm gonna start back on it here pretty soon, but I. I even from the first like month or so of injections, it was small. Cause I was on a very small dose. The differences that I had mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. and then when I up my doses a lot, like physically, like I remember feeling all that and thinking, man, like I understand why I have so many friends now that are not only on test, but they're on fucking actual yeah. anabolics. Yeah. I understand now why my friends yeah. do deco, win, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And then I'm like, well, now with this conversation, I'm like, fuck, like a chick doing all this mm-hmm. at the age of 12? Right. What the fuck? We haven't learned shit from the age, which was not too long ago, of Ritalin and putting yes. kids on all these pills. We saw what that ha- what that did. We were just figuring we, out about birth control. We, we saw that. Yeah. And we're, the sexuality shit, people are so fucking afraid of being homophobic or yeah. not giving them. No. Look, bottom line, if it's really that, wait till you're an adult. Yeah. You do it on your own. That's fine. That That's- is, nobody can say shit about it. But these children, these kids who are still... They're not even developed mentally, chemically. They're not developed. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Now, now a lot of people are gonna say, "Well, what if your daughter said, well, okay, we'll figure, we'll, okay, you can dress like a boy, you can act like it. I, that's fine. But as far as that, let's, 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 we got this trial period called until you become an adult. Yeah. If you feel like that after the fact, 
you're fine to do what you want to do and I'll still love you. I'll call you whatever. You're still mine. But I am not doing that in that most crucial time frame of your life. Not doing it. Yep. Nope. And I'm not, I'm not allowing you to do it either. Because I remember, like, the hoops I had to go through to just to start TRT as, mm-hmm. as a regular guy just with low – and I had, like, all this blood work done and every mm-hmm. time. Actually, as my blood work did kept they, going – Did they talk you – did they try to talk you out of it and all that stuff? No, they were just delaying it. Ah, uh, yeah, And yeah, then yeah. it was funny because, like, the first two times I, I did my blood work, I was at 215 nanograms per deciliter of my testosterone. A month later – no, a month and a half later, I re-get my test done and it dropped to 185. And then I get my blood work done again. What should it have been? So for my age group. I'm sitting here shaking my head like I know what the fuck you're talking about. But that's why I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah. So at my age group, I should be, ideally, I should be anywhere between um, 800 to 1100 nanograms per deciliter of just testosterone in your body. How the fuck do you find this shit out? Internet research, dude. Did you just feel like, oh my. Well, so how how do I feel? (laughs) Yeah. Did you feel like, oh my, what do you call it? My levels are low. Oh, whatever. Oh, like. so personally, so yeah. I've just always been curious about getting my blood work done, just because, uh, like, for health reasons. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe that could be a thing I should do. See, see you're like me because I was adopted, and that scares the shit out of me. That's why I go to. Yeah. That's why I always get seen and yeah, shit. Yeah. So I was like, I'll do it eventually. I'll do it eventually. I'll do it eventually. And I had growing up, especially like in high school, um, I wasn't sure. Like looking back on it, it was a severe depression and anxiety issue. Yeah. Severe. But back then, especially because I was going to a military school at the time, I was like, well, yeah, we're at a military school. My friends, I like my friends and all that stuff. But, like, yeah, it sucks. Not everyone's in the best mood all the time. And everyone's tired. We're like, Yeah, yeah. Because we, we, I mean, you had seven to eight classes of high school. Mm-hmm. And then you had your after school extracurriculars. And then you had all this, that, 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 all this stuff you're doing at a military school. So were you so, seeing yourself like, wait a minute, they're not as tired as me. Like, what the fuck? Well, it was. Towards, it was towards the end of my high school yeah. career, it was like, man, like. Well, the big thing was everyone was tired as fuck going to military school, but they left military school and they're being regular adults. That's doing shit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still fucking tired. I'm mm-hmm. still like severely depressed. And then I remember like going through high school and into college where like, was I like on a strict diet and a strict whatever? No. Yeah. But I was still going to the gym three to four times a week. Yeah. I was still doing weightlifting and I was like watching and I was still eating a ton and eating as much yeah. as I can. And I'm watching all of my friends just get like bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm like, why am I, why can't I break 140 pounds? Mm -hmm. I'm eating, I think by the end of my senior year of high school, I was breaking like 4,000 calories a day, 5,000 calories a day. Yeah. Cause it was just free food from the cafeteria. So I was taking like three plates every, every meal and nothing was happening. And I was like, what the fuck? And I finally gained weight in college and I was like, well, I'm like all these like mental issues still happen. I was like, well, fast forward, I finally get my levels done and it's severely low. And sure as shit, once I get back on or I start getting on it, health wise, I'm like, boom, I feel like a normal person again. Mm-hmm. And I look back on like what the hoops I had to go through and all the and all the blood tests I had to get done yeah, yeah, yeah. and all this stuff. And then I do my own research and I look at how easy it is if I wanted gender transition surgery mm-hmm. and then i even looked up on google through the pov of a woman mm-hmm. changing into a man yeah yeah it was popping it was it's moving. easy yeah and i'm like what like why is this life altering decision 
being purported so heavily. Right. You know what I mean? And that's what yeah. and I don't have an answer for that yet. It's a deeper agenda, I think. Yeah. I really think so, man. And I think it's population based. I really do. Um but, you know, I'm not an expert on it, so yeah. I can't say that's just me speculating. Cuz I think we've been when I say we, I think the world and America has been dibbling and dabbling and population control for yeah. a long time. And it's, yeah. I think this well, is just every the, major country. And I think this is the newest form of it. Yeah. And then, like, oh, they can't fuck with us because they're not going to say we're not giving them the rights. And we're not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, having daughters, what do you make of someone like Andrew Tate getting so famous? Oh, I, I chalk that up to the, to the social media, bro. Yeah. Do you see who's famous on social media? Do you yeah. see who gets what on? I, I fully understand social media for what it's worth. Yeah. The problem is the people who don't, and you that's how Andrew Tate and all those type of people become who they are. Because I've said it before um, on this podcast, I am a fan of like 90% of what he has to say. I don't agree with everything, mm -hmm. but I think I, I agree with 100% of everything he says about men, mm -hmm. about how men should act and be and stuff like that. Right. And I think a lot of the things that are deemed misogynistic um, fall into the lines of out-of-context clips that get chopped and chewed and Bro, thrown out. The, the, but, the most overused shit now. Yeah. Misogynistic, narcissistic, toxic, yeah. all those fucking words are just regurgitated. I just got called all those today. Nice. <laughs> there you go. And I'm like, and it was before noon. I was like, there you go. I'm doing something. <laughs> and it was just, and, and it was just me. So, so you you, you hit on exactly what it is. And I ain't going to, I'll go back to what I was going to say. Cause it brought me back to this point. Social media takes it's, it's sensationalism. Even if you do have access to everything that Andrew Tate says, you're going to fast forward through it because it's not sensational. It doesn't grab you. Yeah. So that's what social media is, is that blinking light. Boom. I want the light. I want the pop. I don't yeah. care about the dim part. Hits I want the boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And that's where he tapped into. Or some I don't even think it was him. Someone else did it and it's then he team, caught on to a it. Team of people. And then he was like, I'm leaning into this shit. We've seen this before. Um Samuels, Kevin Samuels, like we've seen this. Oh yeah. Like the whole red pill yeah, type. Yeah, we've seen this, and it's it's the people who are on social media who will continue. It'll always be someone else. It'll always be someone else. Like, and I'll go back to what I was talking about today. Like, I was thinking, I I cannot stand. So this is exactly what I said. I was like, hey, the reason why a lot of people don't take domestic violence. Seriously, it's oh, because yeah. the vic there are some victims yeah. who will blast the dude, tell you what he did, show their scars, show their face, gather all and all of this support, garner all of this sympathy, which is warranted. But the problem is when you take the dude back and you do it multiple <laughs> times, that means you're weaponizing the social media to make uh, weaponizing it against him, using it to comfort yourself, but knowing all along you're going to get back with him. And that does more hurt not just to you, but it also hurts 
the victim who really is in a domestic violence situation, who's really trying to get out, who really can't say nothing. Because then when someone else says it, you know what I'm going to say? What the fuck do I give a fuck about? Because you're going to get back with the dude anyway. Right. Said all that. But what some people hear is, no, that she, you don't know. She goes back because she's manipulated and she's scared. And you don't know what he said to get back into. I was like, I'm not talking about I mean, that. Well, that's what you and I were talking about. It's like, that, <laughs> I'm that talking, exists. Yes, that, that, that is exists. valid. I'm talking about the, the running media. to social media. Yes. It's the recognizing of your issue. Yeah. Recognizing you had time out of it and yeah. you had the opportunity to stay out of Bro. it, but you chose to go back. Now, why 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 does that happen? Cuz social media is the dopamine. Cuz they know there's come on, bro. We just talked about LGBTQ there's, there, there are t- topics where people will not think with logic. Domestic violence is one of them. I started out with domestic violence. Nobody heard the rest of the shit because the only thing they want to say is, no, you need to talk to people that's been through this because, you know, he's manipulated her and he's afraid and or she's afraid. If she's afraid, how the fuck she pressed sin on the first one to tell us what he is, that he's a monster, get back with him, does it again, then go back. Like, to me, that within itself is a mental illness. Yeah. So. Well, no, it is. No, no, (laughs) no, 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 no. no. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Anything. Yeah. Any type of of thought process that's leading you again and again and again, it's leading you back to a place where you're going to get hurt. Right. That is a mental illness. And in some people's head, they see that and they say, you're siding with the man. Right. No. That motherfucker, that dude, that is known. That's known. Let's talk about what we never talk about. Let's address what we never address, which is that portion of the whole thing. That's what the internet does not want to do. They want to look at it as one big whole, men are this, women are that, this is this, this. And nobody likes to peel the layers back and talk about a specific part about it. Right. That's the Andrew Tate thing. Yeah. That's exactly what it is, bro. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Um. One thing I wanted to talk about with you before before we uh, close out, fitness. Yeah, you've been getting it in, dude. And, okay, and, so and uh, you can tell, like you can yeah, tell, yeah. man. That you, you know what's you, so funny? I can't tell. Everybody else can tell. Yeah, I. But I can tell when I see video. Yeah. What made you really want to start back up? Um, age, not knowing my my health history, and so to be honest. I, I'm gonna. Sh- I was in the Marines, bro. I was. I was fit. I. I had a 12 pack, bro. I was. Never had a shirt on. And I attest that t- I wasn't the dude that had to work out. So I was like that from childhood all the way to like 34. That's when I stopped playing. I used to play basketball every day. When I moved here, I met most people playing basketball. I would go. All the way up to Wantabo and played basketball until I would hit 98. I, I, I played ball every day. Until I saw a guy, older guy, he was in his 40s. He, he ripped his, uh, he tore his Achilles. And I saw that shit roll up on the back of his shit. And I said, man, he is done. Like, we had to put him in his car. Yeah. 
he couldn't drive. We had to drive him to the – and I said, I don't want to be that, bro. I'm getting up in the age, and I quit yeah. playing ball, and boom, this is what happened. But so <laughs> – real shit. I didn't have no – I wasn't eating right. I was just – that was just genetics, bro. Shit. That's, that's you, it. You're, you're naturally funny. Too. Bro, I'm telling you. And once I stopped playing ball, it's shit. And so – um. I, 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 I want to, so it's been in cycles of two years, to be honest with you. Six years ago, I, with the same trainer, shout out to Tony. They used to, Tony and Brandon. Because where do you train, Tony, train Tony, Tony, now? Right now, I go to um, um, like United some, Fitness. United Fitness. Over, okay. Off of Vassar. Yeah, okay. So I started out with Tony and Brandon, Tony McCoy and, and Brandon. They had their own, it was called Bioletics. And I went to him, and I was like, bro, I'm getting older. Then I was in late 30s. I don't like how I feel. You know, I wasn't sleeping good. I said, I'll do whatever. And so a lot of people forget I was in the Marine Corps. So they were like, really? Right. Bro, did you give me a regimen? I can Boom, I'm there. I'm there. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. Not to completely sidetrack, but I think I've yeah. ever asked you, what was your job in the Marines? I was aviation ordnance. Okay. okay. Yeah, I was aviation ordnance. So I was in a helicopter squadron. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, and I got with them, and I went hardcore with them. I did the, I got with the meal prep chick, and we were doing BMI, all the, like we had a, we had a, um, like a competition. And I lost like 37, 38 pounds. This is six years ago. That was, yeah, six years ago. I did not like the way I looked. What did you weigh by the end of it? 228. Okay. Because you have a a big frame anyway. Yeah. See, it's crazy. Man, I'm going to send you what I looked like. In my 20s. You're going to be like, yo. <laughs> no. I was, I was. There's a group called B2K, bro. I could have been in B2K. Like, you could have. I was. I would have been with them. But um, I didn't like the way I looked because I looked like a fucking Pez dispenser. My head was big. My throat. Like, can you imagine me? You see my necks. You see my necks with plural. Can you imagine, like, in my head, I was like, yo, I'm looking. I went to, we went to, something was at at Balloon Fiesta. And my, like, I didn't change clothes. I had on a, I had on a, 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 a Kershaw jersey. And it was regular jersey that I wear. That shit was big, bro. And, and I was like, oh, I don't like the way I look. And I, and I was biased because I still was wearing my regular clothes. So then I, I slacked off and I gained weight back. Then two years after that, I went to um, me and during the pandemic, me and six, we looked horrible. We this is when we were started the podcast. Larry taking pictures. I was like, "Yo, look at us, bro. We look like we about to die, man. Yeah. Like we looked bad." And then so my birthday was coming up. We were going to Hawaii, and I was like, "Bro, let's hit it." We did another competition. Got back with Tony and them. I lost like 28, six lost. No, six, six looked great. He lost 28. I lost 32. Came back. We went to, we went to Puerto Rico. We went to St. Thomas. After St. Thomas, it was like, ah. Then here I go. This was last November. Last November, I was like, 
Okay, so remember I was with the sports station. We're we're traveling. I'm going I'm going to Vegas. I was up at Highlands. I was doing the, the sports um, PA. I was doing PA for the basketball team, football. You're on the road. You're, we were doing Howie's every Monday night, drinking pitchers of beer. We were, and one day, man, I was sluggish and I looked at myself. I was like, "What the fuck, bro? Like, you don't want to be this guy." So I got back with him. And I go Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, se- awesome. uh, uh, seven in the morning. That's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. And you're not doing just like five sets of twelve. Oh no. Sh- you guys are doing like hit movements. Fuck you're, yeah. You're using circuits. Yes. You're really Tony McCoy. Y'all look him up, man. His name is Tony McCoy. He does not play. We go out. We we Pat Hurley. We do. Yeah, we go I've to the we go story. we go up to uh, the dog park at the end of Montano. At, yeah, uh, like yeah, we get it in, bro. That's fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm real. Yeah, it makes me happy to see that, man. Now the the the, the diet shit. Fuck you. I'm good. <laughs> I, I am. I'm about to be 45 years old. I'm not as long as I can still do those things and and feel great. That's what it's about, man. So I lied. One more thing. Yeah, the radio. Yeah. How's that been treating you, being at KISS? Oh, I love it, bro. These I, people I these see. people gave me the keys to the Ferrari and trusted me. Nobody. Look, you've heard me. Nobody's there. I am there. That's me. They threw me in the fire. I got to tell you the story, man. So Because compared to where you were at? Yeah, that was with. some bullshit. That wasn't see, live. It wasn't live. It was all canned. Canned is called pre-recorded and all yeah. that shit. No. And that was – and I, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm not going to shit on it like that. I'm thankful I got that experience. Yeah. I'm thankful I got the – It's like the, you're in a toxic relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that you went in a good one, you yeah. can appreciate it more. Yeah, exactly. So Because I had hit you up about mm-hmm. what had happened with an old acquaintance of mine. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we can get you airtime for the podcast, and we can mm-hmm. do this, that, and the other. And, and I was like, nah, yeah, because well, because there's moments when you interact with people where you know, like, okay, I can trust this person. This person does have my best interests out for me. And that right. was a moment with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I was yeah. like, okay, no, this guy. Oh yeah, like, yeah, I remember this. Like yeah. this, like this dude, Robert, actually, he has my best interests right yeah. now because he's you gave me the whole spiel mm-hmm. about what they do at that station, mm-hmm. about what their monetary incentives yeah. are, and I was like. Fuck, man! And like, what you should have been asking, yeah, what, because the the whole, I didn't know the whole thing isn't here. You're gonna be on air. This is what we charge. You gotta ask who's listening. When's the most listeners? Yeah, uh, give me give me the the uh, longest period of time people are listening. Like, if you're not in radio, you don't know that shit. And yeah. This is the shit that I've learned along the way. Yeah, and so going into Kiss. They came to me. Shout out to uh, Jay Stills, the program director. I had no clue this guy was a program director. I thought he was a DJ because he's DJed a couple of my comedy shows. And he had been watching. Hey, I've heard you here. I heard you here. Seen you at the Super Bowl. I seen you doing That's your awesome. thing. You're, you're, you're not just there. You are, yeah. you are a part. Of, you are really in this shit not just a funny guy yeah yeah and yeah. you know how to handle you know how to talk to people and when they when he got he told me and i was like what because i know the history over there i know they ain't hired no fucking body in a long ass time 
And it wasn't no, let's try out. All right, you're hired. We'll see you Wednesday. I got hired on Valentine's Day. I go in. So she, he was like, go into the morning show. The morning show starts at 6 in the morning, Gina Lee Fuentes and Ando. I look in there. They got everybody. They're on social media. Their shit is popping. Most people I've had listen to me on the radio. So she was like, hey, I'm going to teach you how to run. The, cause so I learned how to run a board at um, the Sports Animal because I was producing. At the end, I was like, hey, I need to learn this shit. Yeah. And I, it was crazy because I wasn't preparing to go anywhere else. I just felt like if I'm doing something, I want to be like a, a Swiss Army knife. I want to know more than one thing. I just don't want to talk. I want to learn, hey, how do I run this shit behind the board? How do I take you and put you in commercial? How do I play music? How do I take a caller? How do I do? So I learned all this shit, right? So I get the, um, to kiss first morning. She goes, okay, you do this, 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 this. You bring it up. This is how we bring it. Then we go into break, and you press this button. When if you say something funny, you go into break. Boom, you go into that. And uh, you got it? Yeah. I'm lying like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you got it? Yeah. All right, so when we come back from break, you're going to sit here in the seat, and I'm in front of the fucking computer and pan us down and boom, boom, boom. And mind you, social media for the whole station is running right here. She's got a webcam in my face. Oh, you can do it, Buck. Look, people know me. People who don't know me, I'm getting introduced. So I did that Wednesday, Thursday. Friday comes around. She goes, hey, because I was just going in there for like an hour or two. Hey, uh, you want to sit in for the whole show Friday? And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to come in and talk and be my funny self. I get there, and she goes, oh, I'm running late. Something happened. Uh, something with Ando happened. Um, can you can you run the show for the first hour? Hell, what? I got it. Let me tell y'all something. When a person answers in a high-pitched voice, he's lying. <laughs> Did you hear my what? What? That's the biggest <laughs> indication that somebody's lying to you in history. When they say, when they answer your question with a question or they repeat what you say in a high-pitched voice. What? Can I can I open the show? Oh, it's, come on, man. Uh, my heart is beating. Now, I've never been nervous. Now, now I'm like, shit. Because you know what? She's not going to be there. He's not going to be there. The only person that was there with me was Mike. He's the owner of the library because they do. he's on air with them on Friday. Mike don't know shit, but turn the mic on. Mike sits in front of the mic and is like, okay, when do we talk? So he's like, yeah, Gina told me. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Hot mic. Morning where the most people are fucking watching, uh, listening besides drive time when you get off work. Boom, the hour goes by. She walks in. Mike's like, yo, this one, he's a fucking natural. We, that was the fastest hour. So within the hour, the morning show is different than any other because you speak longer. But I already had that experience with the sports station because that was talk radio. Within the hour on talk radio, we talked for 45 minutes. So morning radio is a little longer, but re really, you don't really talk that. You really talk maybe 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes of an hour. So at the time, I didn't know until a couple of weeks later, I'm thinking, ah, oh, they threw me in. They wanted to see if I can handle that shit. So I got hired to do a weekend show by myself. 
Nobody's there. I come up with my own. Con- All they tell me is, hey, these are the tickets you're giving away. So I got to come in with a plan. Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes if I'm like what I'll do, like we're giving away Ja Rule tickets. I'm like, how can I make this shit funny? Oh, I'm going to have them call up and do a Ja Rule impersonation. If it sounds funny, it sounds good, you win the tickets. Like that's the type of stuff. So that right there is being in a part of a media group that's so big throughout the nation, American General Media, AGM. Look them up. Being a part of a radio station who has this amount of listeners, top five, one, two, three, like it's dope, man. And 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 people that I never thought that I would run into or know or know me that Buck D and it's I still get used to that shit. I still get used to it. But there's good and bad with it. There's people who only want to fuck with you because they think you can get them in the shit for free or give them free tickets or all that. But I love it. I love it. Um, I wouldn't trade this shit in for the world, man. Like people people say, man, you're always busy because, you know, sometimes I do we we do club kiss Friday nights at the library. So I'll do that from nine to one. The next morning, Al Buck Kirky weekend starts at ten in the morning. So I gotta be there from ten to four. Then Sunday is twelve to five. And it's like, yo, your weekends. I said, I don't give a fuck. I love it. It goes by so fast, bro. Like, and then I, I uh, like next week I'll be on from two to seven. You've heard me on the drop time, like to, and that's the most listened to part of radio to be able to do that. And I go into that building, nobody's there, and they just trust you, bro. And 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 it's like that's awesome for me. That's for for them to have that much trust in me with the little radio experience that I do have is awesome. I think that's a beautiful point to end this on, man. Yeah. I am fucking, I am so happy for you. It, a lot has changed, bro. Look, you so doing comedy and shit. <laughs> this is crazy. Bro. And you know, I used to be on your ass, too. I'm like, bro, you need to do it, man. Yeah. You was like, yo, what do, have you, do you write stuff? I'm like, man, it fucking sucks, don't it? Yep. Still, you need to do it. Yeah. 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 I'm very, I'm very happy for what you're doing, man. I'm very you, too. Happy. I'm proud of you, too, man. I'm proud that you, you, you keeping... Uh, only Kings going. I remember when I came in here, it was not nearly that many signatures on that. <laughs> you move locations, you kept it going because this is the hardest shit, man. People think podcasting is easy because people like us make it look easy. You know how many podcasts I've seen come and go within a month? I'm sure. A lot Episode two. I ain't seen nothing since. <laughs> and I'll be mad because I'm like, man, I like to go on other people's podcasts, man. I don't like our shit is cool. Like we do what we do, but to get in a different setting to get questions asked, like you yep. ask questions that we normally wouldn't talk about. And I need the women to get in this game. I need some ladies to really get into podcasting because I know a lot of talented women and I've already told them. I made social media posts. Y'all need to get on this shit. We can't have it male dominated. Not at all. I agree. No, I agree. And again, I think the just because there can be more, it's not going to bring everybody else down. Mm-mm. No, you know I mean? not the at all. The more people that do it, that only elevates everything else. Right. Right. So, listen, man. This is this is. I knew it was going to be fun. I've been, oh, looking, yeah, this, I've been looking forward to this. It's easy, bro. So, thank you so much <laughs> for coming through. Um, 
do you have any upcoming shows or any yeah upcoming- man i got a lot of stuff coming up yeah. actually i have something that i cannot talk about that i found out about today <laughs> <sighs> i wish i could tell y'all just be on the lookout for it. That's all I say. Okay. Um, I got, um, you know, I'm doing my hosting thing. I'm doing it. So I, I'm hosting a big concert down in Las Cruces. It's a hip hop concert. It's uh, DJ Paul of 3 Six Mafia and Young Buck from G Unit. Shout out to my boy Tommy Black. He'll be with doing that with me. After that, um, I got the, the Summer Splash concert that's coming. That's with Ja Rule and Ashanti. Um, and then I'm getting back to comedy. I will be a part of Tommy Black is filming his Amazon special. Oh, shit. So he has me on that down in Las Cruces in August. Also, um, I'll be going back to Colorado and Farmington. I'll do that weekend in August as well. Anything that you want to find, because I don't remember dates, just go to my website, robertbuckdgibson.com, and that's Gibson with a P. Fuck yeah. There we go. Fuck yeah. That's Thank it. you, man. This has been fucking for sure. Appreciate awesome. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. You got much. me to drink. I haven't drank beer. <laughs> bro, for real. I haven't drank a beer, I want to say in about a year, bro. Damn. But I'm glad it's Blue Moon and not no bullshit. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you again. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. And we'll see you next time. Bye, yeah. everybody. Oh, that was good shit, bro. Yeah. <laughs>